0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
1: Well, yeah, and Daily Update today, Grapple, you said, has just listed the top 10 matches of the first six months based on 132,000 match ratings. I'm more fascinated by that sentence there than any of these matches. What is this?
2: It's a thing where people, you know, go in and give their opinions um, and rate all the matches.
1: official podcast of grapple i'm benno
2: i'm jp and
1: i'm gareth and it's one of the slowest news weeks in in years in wrestling, but we're here because we have to be. I don't know because we want to be. We uh, we couldn't help ourselves. We we actually did talk about not doing a show this week. JP, you even I think you outright said one of the daily updates there wasn't going to be one. But we all, we wanted to do a bit of Soccer Saturday with our patrons. We just did it, talking the uh, the first of the uh, the two semi-finals. You know, we had a, we had, a, we had a, a good time doing that, so it made it uh, made it worthwhile. And uh, we just missed everyone really.
2: Any excuse to come on here and do a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Even if this week is dead and I do a daily news update and it is a, a struggle on a daily basis to find stuff that's interesting that doesn't comprise of wrestler says this in various interview. And it's just like... Clickbait do you feel like peg-wise. you're on the
1: beat do you feel like you're one of those like those writers who's just like so and so tweeted <laughs> it's you have to make like a 500 word story out of it like oh those guys fucking hell just retweet it will yeah just quote tweet, done
2: yeah like I, I haven't got the time and the energy for that <laughs> i'd happily just go down a kind of blind alley while talking about like, kind of other stuff. I don't even want to do, like, raw. raw results feels like a futile gesture. I think I just said Jinder Mahal turned up. Like Did end. he? <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't know that. Big news. This week. <laughs> he turned on a motorbike with okay. that big um, Indian tag team from um, NXT. Do you remember who were out there with uh, Stokely Hathaway? Oh, right, yeah. And then they just sort of brought the idea Back again. It just sort of didn't work oh, out. Oh, so
1: Vince's, Vince's trip to the performance center went well, then.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's more the Jinder Mahal on a motorbike thing. It's like that's kind of funny, and they've and obviously the feud he's going into, mm. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> of course,
1: as Carl said in the chat, there, Mark Fowler gimmick. Now that gimmick's taken by uh, <laughs> by someone who wrestled again
2: this weekend. Uh, but Oh, <laughs> I really hope Doug Williams is a motorbike. I really hope Doug Williams is a motorbike. That would make me so happy. To see that picture. Oh, uh, one day. Uh but anyway, yeah, I'll i do a find you all fast things.
1: How are you, Gareth? All good.
0: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Just been uh just been enjoying the footy there. Mm-hmm. The uh the bet yeah. is still alive. That's all I'm worried about. Keep you know the Your three that goals move away hat trick against Denmark uh, in the finals gonna <laughs> Win me nine hundred quid. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. The way it needs to go <laughs>
2: against England. That would be interesting. Obviously, we're heavily dating it by bringing up England playing.
1: Tomorrow. Ah, there's time
2: for people to listen oh, record. to
1: We recorded BWE earlier, JP, and neither the semi-final happened at that point. So, it, and that's not even coming out till Thursday. So, <laughs> well, we're doing all right by uh, by that standard.
2: Yeah, at least you know. If you're on the Brit rest is Dead team, you get a bit of a live watch along with my uh, iPlayer being a minute behind the chats. Well, as, just Andy, uh, Andy Ogden's, Ogden. to be honest, yeah,
1: with his fucking dodgy satellite or whatever he's got set up.
2: Oh, yeah. Or <laughs> well, the the gang from Minority Report and his fucking paddling pool out back, just, you know, helping him listen into the future. It's, it's, it's quite incredible. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's the game that's taking over the nation from tomorrow. I expect to be a lot of attention. Around mm. the place for it as well. Oh I was but... in London at the weekend, I was saying,
1: like Leicester Square on Friday was fucking nuts. Like I like people were already starting. Like Saturday it was like going nowhere near that going nowhere near that I, I i was in a nice bar and I, I knew what the, i knew what the score was um in the england game but i wasn't like i just want no part of like those kind of pups to be honest i get too old for it i think i'd rather uh, we were saying in the preacher rather watch the footy like
2: that's my preference too old for that mm. <laughs> yeah you could do those two sorry go on
0: it's why I stopped going to match as well I prefer mm-hmm. to just watch it on telly in my own house where yeah. I can just uh, not be surrounded by knobheads and just uh, yeah just go and get a brew if I want one yeah or a beer from the fridge not pay through the ass for it either so <laughs> <laughs> see
1: my mates make fun of me because like I don't I don't follow footy that closely but I do follow footy that closely because of fancy football like football is a thing because I'll say this to me like hardcore Liverpool Everton supporter mates I definitely watch more footy than they do just by virtue of like Saturday afternoon Sunday afternoon Sunday afternoon or whatever it is almost constantly on in my house because i'm doing something else probably tweeting or like mainly actually following me fancy football like scores as they go and it's just background noise it's just happening and i just it makes me it's comfortable i like it you know i don't actually want to pay too much attention to the actual content of the game but i do want to know who scored and i want to know who got the assist that's the important stuff
0: and, and that's always like the comeback with Sarah and Alex in my house it's like you don't even go the game like we go the match and I'm like <laughs> you know like oh, oh, great great. <laughs> like that and see better on the telly no, you'll be <laughs> happy I'm, with I'm that all.
2: arrangement aren't you
0: yeah, yeah, I'm not sat behind a big wooden post. Uh, sat trying, next to, trying of... to see what's see what's going on. A hundred meters away from me. Yeah,
1: right. sat next to loads <laughs> of fat old fellas farting into the seats, and you know, fucking and, and in at Goodison as well, just fucking fuming and like you know they're going to be fuming all season. Now, anytime Rafa does any slight thing wrong, like, <laughs> the kickoff is going to be good. How are things at home, by the way, with the Rafa news, Gareth? I've got to ask. Like... <laughs> uh, I think I think she's
0: I think she's. Come round to the idea anyway, because yeah, the, the, when it was the first rumblings were out, it was definitely I might not be, you know. I'm not sure I can go to the game if he's our manager anymore, which was the uh, the most extreme wow. uh, extreme thing. But I don't know, maybe the uh, I think maybe the death threats that he was receiving, maybe just uh, she, I, I don't think she was down with that. So I, th- I think she maybe that's uh, softened her up a bit. Some of these hardcore blues uh, <laughs> uh, going full, we know where you live on a on, on poor old Rafa. But uh, it's funny because I was expecting to like maybe turn on him myself and just, but like, uh, still good old Rafa. We maybe see on that. That first derby when they fucking beat us or something like that and then Rafa's giving his big fists up to the away uh, uh, the, the end or something like that and then he'll, uh, he'll do his big heel turn at Anfield or something but uh, because, always like Rafa I'm, I, I, I'm just thinking nine, nine months time once they uh, hound him out of the club and um, <laughs> you know he can uh, he can always do his shoot interview afterwards and uh, <laughs> dish, <laughs> dish the turt you know yeah, <laughs> Looking Small forward to that. again
1: that's coming out
2: too right. oh, football needs more shooting interviews proper <laughs> shooting interviews
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. it that's the problem isn't it they're all too well paid in wrestling like these old timers will do it for 50 quid won't they and a bit of coke like 40 wise it's not happening they're all open to get a job on match of the day or something aren't they <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm saying that you've got to get a Danny Cardamati or like Franny Jeffers or like one of these failed players you might get, you might, there might be an avenue for that actually i oh, just thinking kind of about this
0: here like 80s footballers <laughs> or something like that There, there's about yeah. like, Kenny, Kenny Sansom he would be fucking is he, oh has he died or is he still alive <laughs> Kenny Sansom I knew, was, uh... oh, I knew he was a I
2: knew was a heavy drinker <laughs>
0: he,
2: uh, like he was uh, I thought you'd
0: get a good shooting to be out like Kenny Sansom
2: <laughs> he's got it to get there's a few of these. Like I think, I think a Brian Kilcline shoot would be mm. would be a great one. Yeah, there he up with a bandana or something like that, and some mad beard sitting mm. down in a hotel room <laughs> as we get some sort of RF video knockoff, fucking
1: JP video, like, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. JP drive, yeah.
1: <laughs> the same
2: font as well. <laughs> Just to take the piss. Um, oh. What's the T-shirt wearing by the, by the way, JP, for the audio listeners? Uh. Oh, it is a Paul McGrath T-shirt, again. I think I've, I've worn this before. Paul McGrath's, uh, what is it, uh, School of Football mm. Asterix, attendance is optional, uh, a reference <laughs> to his uh, non-attendance for training for many a years, down to his knackered knees and his personal issues, but he was, like, my favourite, um, uh, like, Ireland defender. So, yeah. Yeah, got that on. Thought I'd go football for this to this today because I'm I'm expecting the place to go batshit tomorrow. I don't know about you two. When Gareth I'm wins mad. the fancy football. Then. I don't know if that's going to be happening. There's going to be a lot of it's coming home. I think those <laughs> those those three words, if they weren't already drilled into everyone in, in England, then it, it's going to get fucking worse because I can't I do- see them losing to Denmark.
0: I was feeling- Jordan sounds like he's getting a bit worried in the chat there. Uh, the saying is uh, getting tasty at the top I think uh, it's game on game on in the fantasy league there Jordan <laughs> I'll <I'm laughs> just here, take that crown <laughs>
1: I'm just happy to be top half of the table at this point. That was that's I've been putting a lot of effort into this fancy league just to just to get to a respectable place. Yeah. Like that's all I want. I don't I just don't want to be embarrassed. Using all my fucking wild cards and my transfers and there's like a lightning round or something you can do in the final. I don't even know what it is, but like I'm doing it all. So where where uh, are yeah. you at the minute, Beno? Like fiftieth, something like that, I think. I'll have to double check.
0: Alright, blow it exactly. How
2: many points is it now? In it, are you? Are you top now, Gareth? I,
0: I'm, I'm, no, I'm just looking here. I'm, I'm currently second. I was 20 behind Jordan going into tonight, and I've got what? Well, what fascinating audio! Um, <laughs> I've got um, I've got 39 points today. He's got. Uh, duh, 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 duh. 24, so we've made a 50, so five points behind there going into oh. tom-
2: tomorrow's game there. So, wow. Um, yeah, game on. He's, Jordan's working you, mate. He's he's basically, he's giving you that bit of shine to mm. get you, let you get that bit of offense in. He's closing it down. He knows what yeah. he's got to do. There's there's people has got to entertain. He's got to make sure he gets through the last day. So, needs that drama at the end, doesn't it? he's just he's worked it like a classic match (laughs) i mean to be fair this tournament's
1: been worked like classic matches hasn't it like it's oh yeah mostly because I, I saw jamesy say this it's like nearly everything you kind of want to happen has happened like every like you know what would make this better if so-and-so scored or if like this went to penalties or like it just keeps happening it just keeps happening and you've got we've got the ultimate baby faces against the ultimate heels i would say tomorrow that tomorrow Um pick your poison as to which one is which you know it's all it's all quite well set up like
2: it is, isn't it? It's like kind of what you want the G1 climax to be like. Mm. Just like a really, like, just there's no shitty blocks because even both sides of the draw have had their own drama in there as well. Mm. Lots of storylines going on. Mid card nations being given stuff to do, yeah. being given good storylines as well. Russo the elevation to make- of Denmark Matthew after love what could have been the most controversial angle. Sorry, I feel awful for, for saying that as well. But like, you know. They're over as baby faces, let's face it.
0: Mm. Oh yeah. Well, this is this is like the, the European Championships it's a, bit, it's a bit like the Intercontinental title, isn't it? In the uh, mm. in the late 80s, early 90s there. So uh, England <laughs> just uh, just 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 doing that little run there going for the IC belt before. You never know they might get that world England title. Can work.
2: <laughs> they've learned to work, haven't they? That's mm. what they've done. They've just like, you know, they've worked on themselves, they've been honing the craft for a long time. It's just been the gimmick with England, isn't it? It's just think, yeah, I can do promos. We can do character. Got big stars no where's the work right yeah, spent a lot, of, spent, spent a lot of, on the gear look good that, you
1: know. i don't even think they look yeah, good exactly. I, I feel like they were like ex, they were like those indies you X ex wwe stars you know what i mean like pull past that prime <laughs> like sticking sticking with the names longer
0: than you or oh, maybe a bit tna
1: maybe, maybe that's the uh, comparison
0: they've, uh, they've, they've, they've learned to work they've learned to slow down a bit haven't they, the yeah, bird, they have. the, the, their style of play just slow down more control Less, less high spots they just need to uh, just take a bit more control and just uh, sometimes
2: you've just got to grab a headlock haven't you and uh, it just uh, just sees you through mm. but they're able to work that headlock now and I've enjoyed this Italy face turn mm. I think it's worked for me like mm. you know sometimes you're thinking to yourself they've been a heel generally for quite a long time at times Italy it's you know they're, they're used to working heel, you know, can definitely kind of like lead a match. It could be long, could be, could be kind of dull as well. But you know, with a good amount of solid work right against a good opponent, mm. and I think tonight, you know, the carried carried Spain. I think well, Spain turned up, didn't they? Mm. Somewhat, you know,
0: good workers and, uh, and good good on the Germans as well. Just um, going out of the territory on their backs as well, you know, just uh, just doing no the. Doing, Doing the JOB, JOB for the, uh, the up and comers there. Just, uh, yeah, fucked a perfectionist.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's worked out well. And, uh, yeah, you know, when is the final? Is it Saturday?
2: Sunday. Sunday. I want to say.
1: Okay. So, um, so who
2: are we picking to win before we, before we move on? The whole thing? I don't want to say England, but
1: feel <laughs> <we're> like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're gonna get some like dogs abused for
2: this for our complete lack of enthusiasm.
1: Let's say Denmark. <laughs> I think it's gonna be de- well. We honestly, like this time during the World Cup, like I was, I, I even I got yeah. dragged into it. Um, this time, I'm still not really feeling it. Maybe I'll be glory hunter and we get through the semis and I'll you know, throw a wee in there and I'll uh, I'll be cheering for the lads. But <laughs> you changed. <laughs> I think Denmark
0: probably. I, I, the thing is, like we've talked about this previously, and like I, I like. I don't actively want them to lose or anything like that. I'm not one of these no. people who's like, "Ha ha, I want England to get beat" or anything like that. But I just can't like emotionally invest. I just can't like. I'm just not emotionally invested in them at all. I was thinking on the old wrestling analogies. It's a bit WWE-ish, almost kind of thing that they're just there's someone that's there, and there's you know, obviously there's you know, quality people there and things. But I just don't. You know, I just don't care, kind of. Thing. If if they win, great. Good for good for the players and good for anyone who's. Behind England, but I think the only time I've actually had that Jordan Henderson goal because it was Jordan Henderson, he's my favourite footballer. So it's like, um, that was like literally, I was off my seat for him getting that fourth uh, the other day. But apart from that, I can't see myself. Uh, okay. He's having a
2: good last run, isn't he? Mm. Good lad. Yeah.
0: There you go. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be nice. Maybe maybe Kane picks up a knock tomorrow. England get to the final, and Anderson has to step in as captain for the final and uh, lift lift, an- lift another trophy, the trophy magnet, and he can do his little dance. And,
1: uh. <laughs> as Don said in the chat, there he goes taking food off Harry Kane's table as always. <laughs> Stone Cold Gareth. <laughs> uh, yeah, if it if it happens, we'll use fucking World in Motion" for the theme next week or something.
0: You know, we'll uh,
1: yeah. we'll do we'll our do, uh, do do duty. It's a great song, to be fair. So it's uh, that's okay. I'm fine I, I, it with that.
0: I was I was listening to Graps and claps today. Andy's review of the uh, trip to Future Shock, and I think show two started with World in Motion," and that was like. I was like, yeah, as much as, as much as I can't emotionally invest in the uh, England team, I can fucking emotionally invest in this song. Like what mm, a fucking yeah. tune that is. Like Three Lines is the one, isn't it, that gets all the uh, you know, that gets all the press, but fucking what a banger that tune
2: oh, yeah. is world in motion.
1: Oh. I didn't cassette- on cassette uh, as a kid, you know. I'm sure we all we all owned it in some form at, at some point. Oh Great God, yeah,
2: big new order fan. Mm. So just it's it's just amazing. Like I mean, it, I could do without Keith Allen in the video, frankly, because he's always gotten on the fucking nerves. But yeah. like, just as a song, it's not really going to be beaten. Although I want to do a shout out for "Put Them Under Pressure," which was yeah. the Ireland <laughs> one, which has got a great guitar solo at the beginning of it. Um, yeah. But
0: yeah. I also lo- love. I remember reading Peter Beadsley's autobiography, and his in his autobiography he was saying about for the rap part that it wasn't like it wasn't always going to be John Barnes. And he said there was like the pulled four of us into a room and it was like John Barnes, Peter Beardsley, like <laughs> two, you know, two of us like Mark Wright and Terry Butcher or something like that. And I was like, imagine <laughs> if instead of it being John Barnes doing the rap, it had been Peter Beardsley. <laughs> Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> It'd be a very different sock. <laughs> uh I was also. Didn't more he cross the divide between on. Everton and Liverpool? Didn't he? He played yeah, for is.
2: both Everton and Liverpool. Yeah, yeah he he did. we should never have sold him. Full circle. Um, too early to get rid of him. An extraordinarily <laughs> looking man. I think it's possibly the politest way of putting it. <laughs> yeah,
1: he looked like he should be in a sitcom, like it's like the side character or something. <laughs> he was a, Absolutely he was
2: wild. Demon. The haircut, mm-hmm. everything else. It was just like, yeah. <laughs> At that point, you thought, thought, Geordie's, you go from Gaza to Beardsley, it's like, wow, that's a, that's a leap.
1: Work rate, though, you realize Geordie's, there? you know, it's not about the loch, it's not about the, you know, the security. Hell of a worker. It's about the we Bobby wear. Eaton,
2: mate. Yeah. Bobby Eaton.
1: Yeah, that's it. That sums him up. <laughs> like Bobby Eaton, but in like 1986, looking out of place on Nitro against Rainbow Mysterio.
2: That's the Bobby Eaton he was. <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we,
0: are we think about it, actually. Are we allowed to talk about Peter Beardsley? Wasn't he in a bit of bother recently? Yeah, racist remarks
2: <laughs> as a coach, and I think he got sacked. Oh, for fuck's yeah, yeah. sake. Oh, He's a footballer go. from the 80s. Can't right. trust anyone, can you?
1: The nope. Wrestling comparisons continue. Absolutely. <laughs> <It> does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yours in I'm sport, please, Bailey. Anyhow, um, <laughs> it, it, it' not football news because we said we weren't going to touch any of that today. How did Jab go, JP? You feeling good? Uh, one of the um, reasons we're recording ro- on
2: a Tuesday. Well, yeah, Holtzen. yeah, feeling. Yeah, was feeling a bit ropey frankly mm. over the last it just sort of very lethargic particularly like today but this evening i feel like i've perked up mm. i fell asleep like kind of i was working from home straight after that so i'm like right okay i've kind of woken up a bit mm. so yeah second jabs there i will say i was having some issues with the 4g mm. on my uh on my phone mm. um and it seems to be cured that's all i'm gonna say so oh good, okay. uh, yeah it's it's good on that front mm. so my phone's sorted if nothing else mm. so yeah it's uh Time to go. Well, I can't really go buck wild, but it appears to be that all regulations are ending soon enough. So oh, fuck.
1: honest to God, yeah. Like I I love yeah. that like the country that voted for the Tories are being left to our own devices, like, ah, we trust you, the great British public to make your decision. Like, fuck, I'm I'm still going to be wearing my mask. Like, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, I quite enjoy wearing my- I like going to the shops and not having to, you know, bump into anybody or, you know. You Brilliant like hiding device. It's great. I love it. But also, I don't want to be near people either. So fucking social distancing can carry on, you know. There'll yeah. be exceptions, you know. But I think overall, I don't mind. The people I know, yeah, sure, fair enough. But I quite enjoy this world where I'm, like, away from strangers. Like, I went to... You know, I was going to mention that on the podcast, went to, uh, went to see Fast and Furious 9 in the cinemas, finally. And, uh, went to the the biggest IMAX in, uh, I think it's Europe, or maybe England. Uh, I mean, the, uh, the, B- the BFI. Ever been the BFI, JP?
2: The Waterloo one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the a, big
2: kind of dome. Yes, I was of there roundabout. for the Dark Knight Rises.
1: It's like being in Milton Keynes. Like, it's like it's literally the Roundabout yeah. is the cinema. Like, I couldn't work out how to get in for like twenty minutes. Um, but like, my point it's was wild. like, it was great because social distancing. Because like, I was on my own anyway. But like, I hate hate being assigned to like sit near people and stuff. Fucking like twenty seats either side of me, no one near me. Great big
0: screen, fucking great. There's some benefits to this pandemic. I'm telling you. I saw I saw that you posted that picture of the screen and I thought it was just you in your in your living room when you forgot it. So <laughs> you yeah. have to
1: go big or go home, Gareth. Literally. Like you know, you got to uh, <laughs> regular cinema screens don't cut it. Honestly, my my the, the plaza, there's a community cinema in Crosby, JP, called the Plaza, and their smaller screen is only about twenty inches bigger than the one I've got in my own house. So I have to go if I am gonna go see a cinema, I'm gonna to go to the IMAX, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. gotta be done. But uh, oh yeah, as uh, as Liam has said in the there. Yes, I have got my my Fast and Furious cup. I am a, <laughs> I am a complete child. It has a steer attire a, a for the top and it spins. Yes, oh. I'm, a, I'm a big kid. I had a good time though. Good
2: work. <laughs> that is. Are you allowed to talk about the film? Are you under embargo?
1: We'll be reviewing it at some point somewhere with maybe some international friends, but it was alright. It was alright. Gentlemen, history. i I'll say that. I got justice. Was it the justice I wanted? I'm not sure. It was all right. It,
2: it was really a bit Fast and
1: Furious film. It, it, if you're not a fan of the series, you'll probably enjoy it more than I did. Like I, I think it's it, it's what people expect. Fucking there's cars in space, JP. You know it's it it's that, that kind of shit. Yeah, and there's some fan service in there for the people like me. You go like this is my mistake. I do this with like. You know, we talk about wrestling and we're like, we take it all seriously and we're like, you know, we, we just want like good wrestling and we want good storytelling. And then at the end of the day, someone at some point needs to tap us on the shoulder and go, right, lads, but you watch wrestling. So what you fucking expect? Like, but I think, you know, like go watch independent art house films instead. And it's the same with fast and furious for me. Like I am the guy, I'm the story guy when it comes to fast and furious, I'm into the law. I'm into like, what what's like the family. fallbacks to, to Tokyo drift and the family and all of that. And it, the, you know, without without spoiling it, it, those elements weren't quite there for me. It didn't feel uh, didn't feel like Fast and Furious as of all. But you know, if you want big moves and, and action, and you know, you want to leave your brain at what, home, what's the other things people say about uh, Why Raw's good? You know, um, don't don't question it. You know, you haven't worked yourself. I've never been in a Fast and Furious film, so why would I have an opinion? Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> all of those things. <laughs> It's good if that's Lord. what you're into. Popcorn, popcorn.
2: You don't know what it's like until you've driven a stunt car, I. So, mm. like, I think at that point, you can't <laughs> really comment on the, any of these films. Yeah, I think they're the rules. But
1: still, people should go see it. And if you yeah, Big IMAX. It was good. Good experience. Nice to be back in the cinema as well, to be honest. I don't go often. I go like once or twice a year because that's another thing, like the footy. I'd probably rather watch it at home most of the time. But big screen experience. Big fan of like the gallery in Odeon as well, yeah. where it's like unlimited popcorn, nachos, and drink. Highly recommend it.
0: You went to like it's all five. about like it's all about the ten. I was going to say, it's all about the 10.30 a.m. trip to the cinema when you can oh. go in and you can pretend it's not a cinema ba- because there's nobody else yes. in there.
1: Hang on, it's <laughs> so this morning going. Yeah. It's bath cinema. Is that the, is that the Gareth dream ticket?
0: <laughs> that, that's, that's like birthday material. Like. Get, a, get up, have a bath, oh, go to the that. cinema at 10.30 in the morning and then get yourself in Bundabust or something like that for a, for a nice pint and a nice Indian or something like that.
2: I've, I've done that a good few times. I'm completely with you on it. I did it, though, mm. to watch Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And it was all on, like, 10am near my mum. And, like, I didn't spoil it. it, was like, this is a brutally hard watch for, like, I don't, that going into detail, it gets fucking dark. And it's just like, fucking hell, it's 11am. So <laughs> <Like, laughs> I'm up watching this. It's like, this is a bit much. But, I'm, I'm yeah, that half ten stuff. Because mm. also, you used to have to go to the kids' screenings when they do, like, a pound for a film and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I used like, to love those.
0: Uh, yeah. I listen to
2: podcasts.
0: The oh, she
2: Monsters, the movie.
0: I'd have a kip. It was per- it was great. Take the kids the pictures, like hour and a half dark room. Close your eyes. <laughs> wake up when the credits are on. Awesome when you've got young children. That cinema trip. <laughs> oh, you just reminded me that. Like I,
1: I went, I went like to see. Um jumper with like a like with a girlfriend at one point. Like terrible movie. Didn't want to go. And I literally sat there with my headphones on listening to Wrestling Observer Radio until I got <laughs> until I got the, <laughs> the headphones dragged out my ear and told off. <laughs> I know you're paid. <laughs> Good times.
2: Yeah it's um, a great play. I'm glad they're reopening. Like, mm. the cinemas near me are starting to reopen as well, and it feels like oh, it's just like a kind of a nice event. Mm. And the weather's been shit, so it's also as well the perfect time to generally go, I don't know, pissing <laughs> it down. What a British <laughs> thing to say, which for me seems like kind of heresy, but there we go. Ah, yeah, it works, it works. But,
1: yeah, yeah we will, uh, I mentioned Observer Radio there. We will be talking about that in a, in a little while, but uh, before we, uh, <laughs> we do get to... What is that? <laughs> I don't, I don't know
2: what is observer radio
1: <laughs> who is brian alvarez nobody knows
2: uh, we'll get there uh,
1: but before we do we do have our we have to get through our plugs and we will mention uh our patreon is uh it's a fresh month and we've kicked off the fresh month with punishments from our our lovely patrons who, uh, who voted for us to do a mixtape episode and it was as we mentioned at the tail end of last week's episode The Triple H Reign of Terror episode, or as Gareth dubbed it, the Reign of Terror Rising, which is a fantastic title itself. Yeah. And yeah, in uh, saying that, we had a good time talking it. Matty came on. I think Matty was uh, was was a delight as always, uh, teaching us the way, the, uh, the the lore of the shagger. Uh, if you don't get that reference, you should listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, and we watched some fucking rough matches, some rough angles. But I felt like we had a good discussion. And you know, it was a new period for you, wasn't it, Gareth? It wasn't like something you you lived through the uh, the pain of like uh, like me and JP. who clearly have still got those open wounds. If uh, anyone's listened to it.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a definite blind spot for me from a two year period or two or three year period of not watching, not watching wrestling at that point. So yeah, I think my um, I think my take on things was a bit different to yours, wasn't it? Because mm. I hadn't been suffering the week in week out, twenty minute every single week Triple H monologues at the start of uh, at the start of RAW. I was just watching this in pure isolation of just watching five matches and going off what I'd read on the internet at the time when I was a. Uh, in an internet cafe somewhere, somewhere around the world, uh, reading what was going on in, in WWE at the time, and not sounding particularly enthused about it. But yeah, it was wasn't um, wasn't as wasn't as bad as I thought. And some of those decisions that are um, you know painted as been awful, mm, maybe not so when you're watching the uh, watching the match in the bubble. But um, yeah, watch you, out. You know, I didn't expect to be the uh, I didn't expect to be the one siding with trips on uh, a few of these uh, instances, but that's where I found myself. Positively loved
1: him, didn't he? JP, we thought Matty would be the uh, the the, the positive Triple H guy, but there he is. Yeah, I mean that was the conversation we had though. It was like Gareth watching it like with a fresh set of eyes seeing the matches and the individual segments for what they were, but that's the I I will always say that is the Triple H Jedi mantra because he can justify every one of his fucking bad decisions and, and make them good decisions and there's logic to every single one of them it's it's the mount. It was the mounting pressure of living through two years of Triple H opening programs on Raw and it being like fucking Poochie in The Simpsons. Like every time Poochie isn't on screen, you got to ask what Poochie's up to. Like that was that was Triple H in two thousand and two and two thousand and three, and that's the pain we're still reliving, like from our side, isn't it, JP?
2: Yeah, it was deeply triggering. Mm. This was. It was like one of the things that started to really turn me against WWE at mm. the time, and all, and it was just. So in some ways, like hearing, like yeah, hearing like Gareth, they're not really, I mean, they certainly fly in the face of the idea of like, you're watching the Scott Steiner match and you're like, yeah, fucking good. Triple H went over. So it was like kind of great to kind of (laughs) hear that as well. And I just remember that at the time watching that match and just put my head in my hands and going, how many bellies to bellies is going Mm. on here? This is just ridiculous. Um, it's an interesting period of time. Mm. Um, you know, we say that, you know, that's described as the reign of terror. Has it ever really ended? The I reign just, of terror. Yeah, I
1: disagree with Matty's end point, to be honest. like I feel like it lasted a good few years after it, if it even ended, JP. I
2: don't think it's ever ended. Mm. I think that fucker's influence is all over the place. But it, it was good. There, there's a kind of level of catharsis. Mm. And it's nice to know that there's still some things that the bitterness that I have for it still holds. <laughs> like, I <laughs> haven't let there. go. Yeah. At all. I haven't even made a, the remotest attempt to try and sort of redeem it and kind of look at it in a different perspective. I found myself hearing Gareth say so many things and just going, it's a good point, but you're wrong. The man's a good <laughs> like, I just,
1: like, I, I refuse to accept this.
2: So, a right, fascinating podcast. Really good fun to do. I'll
0: just defend myself there. I, I never any any disputed the fact that he was a prick. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not going to defend or him. you on never that said he, he was
1: good either. To be fair to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 Neither, of those things. So I'm not having that. But he, but uh, yeah, Scott Steiner definitely shouldn't have been going over. No way. That was appalling. Mm. Given that that was the first match that we watched of the of the it's series, the was, that was that was that was fucking painful. Thinking, oh my god, I've got to sit through another five or six of these, like, mm. talk about uh, setting you off on a bad note, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah it doesn't it didn't hugely get better although you know the Rob Van dan match was fun watching that in uh, in retrospect mm. some of the goldberg stuff was uh, was fun and uh, and eye opening um to, to the extent of how over he was back then i certainly had kind of forgotten um you know the extent to which uh, he was over in that period and yeah you know we got to see a bit of kevin Nash. so you know who's on broken school sessions this weekend we'll our <laughs> chatters reminds us yep. so you know the kevin nash loving month continues so it, it all worked out
2: That'll be getting a review next week. Regardless, we'll find time or space to be talking about that. Mm -hmm. And we will also mention that in the pre-show as well, which Mm -hmm. you can get if you go to Patreon. And you go to um, uh, patreon.com forward slash grapple. Nearly fucked it up again. Um, But it was um, like we were hoping to see the Lex Luger documentary as well, um, which kind of leads nicely into what we're going to be doing on patreon as well regarding the uh hopefully we're putting up a poll about yep. possible kind of deep cut topics i know one of the ones we were speaking about was the uh was one about lex luger and the wwf which mm. i think is a fascinating topic sorry i'm trying to rig the vote before it goes in it never
1: works <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> no it never works <laughs> a waste of time And our patreon signs its influence it's like yeah good idea no not going for that um so we'll have some ideas up on that as well. But so, yeah, Gareth, you are saying a fascinating period of time.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, with that one, it's just, you know, you, I think that documentary, you know, was one that I was really looking forward to. It was supposed to be out this weekend and was cancelled and held, held back. But, yeah, just uh, especially for, for me and you, JP, as uh, hardened old WCW fans, seeing Luger turn up in what, in theory, should have been the right destination for him and not mm. quite have the... Um, the career that you would have anticipated he would have had over on that side of the fence. And then the run that comes afterwards in WCW, bizarrely, once he, you know, given that it seems that he's, um, you know, his, his flame had burned out in, uh, in in WWF at that time as well mm. with the way that his booking had gone and, you know, how far down the card it slipped and things. Absolutely fascinating, uh, that one. But, uh, but yeah, not to bias the vote or anything. That's not uh, that's a, also... a topic that we'd, we'd love to talk about. I'm sure there's uh, <laughs> sure there's something there we can, you know, we can do Rise Skinners of 1990. 1992 or something like that. Or something I'm like. up for that. That sounds loads of fun.
1: The, the little offshoot stories, you know, we talked about the show. Rick cock, like the, the whole episode, you know.
2: The, the Elder Montoya story. <laughs> Dave Batista's <laughs> cock, if we're going down <laughs> that route as well. And two I, cold Scorpios. <laughs> well, there you go, just discussing some Bull's cock, that's what we do now.
1: Anywho. It's top, it's five to one. <laughs> 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 it's covered soon to Patreon. Grapple. No, we did seriously have yeah. another suge- edit. Rise and Fall of NXT. That'll be another fun one as yeah. well. We've talked about like the uh, the history of, of NXT, and obviously, yeah, we went around doing podcasts at the time that NXT was actually hot. To be honest, so that'll be a fun mm-hmm. period to uh, to look at as well. But yeah, we've got uh, other uh, suggestions. We're gonna throw in the poll as well, and even if we don't get to them this week, we will uh, we will get to them at some point. So yeah, if you wanna join in, listen to the shows, join in in the vote, and uh, and yeah, and swing mm-hmm. it. Up. Way or another, patreon.com. I'll scrapple for all that. JP's daily news updates. The weekend preview is back this weekend because there'll actually be shows to preview. All of that's good stuff. Yeah. Spotlight Live all of it um, patreon.com slash grapple but we should move on um and like i say it's a pretty slow news week but you know we've got uh, the grapple top 10 of the year so far to talk about we've got a bit of aw to uh, to chat about particularly uh previewing um this week's show and talking a little bit about uh last week's show now it's in the review and we're, we're back to wednesdays but before we do i mean thought it was definitely worthwhile referencing i mean moving on from one of the biggest cunts in wrestling, and Triple H to One of the most beloved figures uh, in wrestling history, and uh, in Terry mm. Funk. Uh, obviously, there's been news reports over the uh, the last couple of days uh, to do with uh, Terry Funk's uh, health deteriorating uh, due to issues with with dementia. Um, it's led to all kinds of outpouring from wrestlers, fans, and and lots of people just uh, talking about their their love for Terry Funk and their their fandom for Terry Funk. And you know, obviously, it's still a sad situation to, to talk about this in um, you know it is the type of conversation you know often unfortunately you end up having you know in death of wrestlers and we do hope that you know things turn round um, with Terry Funk but you know with the outpouring of love going on right now I thought it was a, a good time to have the a little bit of a conversation about Terry Funk and yeah I know again you guys being a, a couple of years older than me and being bigger NWA fans and I mean really it's not even that though is it you're a wrestling fan of any period you, you know who Terry Funk is but you know I was going to say JP I'm sure he's a a huge part of, uh, of your fandom particularly.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, he always, I think the first time I'm trying to think of, uh, would have seen me would have been the, um, the stuff with flair on videotape, um, which was amazing. Him as commentator and the pile driver on the table and oh, setting yeah. up, I think it was, uh, was it great American bash 89 mm. where they, 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 they have their match. And, and then it was kind of funny cause he never had that kind of, WWF run like he would kind of go and sort of do his own thing he'd have to have the retirements but him and ECW Mm. when in many ways like when I started watching ECW and the cynic in me would have just probably thought you know here is this kind of older guy who doesn't really behave like them because he doesn't he doesn't sound like them at all but he was absolutely amazing and and beyond the mat kind of then cemented that like kind of part of Terry Funk as this kind of like wonderful guy who gave to wrestling, who no one said a bad thing about even a guy with multiple retirements in Japan kind of gets forgiven. And mm. you know, sometimes those audiences can be like kind of completely unforgiving as they the kind of were with Anita, dubbing him as like Mr. liar and stuff and it's just the, the, the sheer span of the career going from kind of like tagging with his brother, kind of what would have been very much traditional professional wrestlers, the time in Japan, NWA world champion, you know, like kind of, um, you know, sort of going around, seeing the world and then kind of being able to reinvent himself hmm. and then get into acting and be successful. I always think of roadhouse when, when thinking about, uh, about Terry Funk, um, but yeah, it's, it's those things. He's, he's one of those people you just have good memories of Yeah. Um, when you think of him around wrestling. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly tragic, but when you're thinking of those kind of like people who are like the bona fide legends and quite often you think of what might be like the traditional drawing power as being the kind of, uh, the, the thing to kind of for that, I think for Terry Funk, he's very much like the kind of heart of wrestling mm. and he crosses so many generations. Yeah. And his attitude to younger wrestlers in particular and wanting to work with them and not having issues about putting people over. Like the lack of ego is completely refreshing. Like, and he was a businessman, but yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's a, he is a proper legend. So that's really, he's really hard news that today.
0: Yeah, I can only echo what JP's saying there. Really, you know, I think it's uh, it's one of those where you know sometimes you see these news stories come out and they're the ones that really just like hit you a bit harder than the others, and just really just you know, you're just like, oh, not him, kind of thing, you know, because they hold just sort of such a place and in your heart and such sort of you know stature that they have, and kind of I think the fact that he's just. Is someone who's just almost just been like omnipresent as a wrestling fan as somebody yeah. of, of my age you know in my early 40s kind of thing terry funk has just always been there in, in in some form or another whether it's in the ring like jp says if it's something in like documentaries if it's even just been like referenced and things like that been brought up in different areas and he is really someone who you just you know you really you know you you, you look at you know The careers that people have had, and you know, God, who's had more impact in their career than Terry Funk? There's, there's not many people out there, and you know, I think the level of respect that he, that he, that he has in the industry, you know, just from, from you know, all his peers across so many different decades, you know, people, you know, people of different ages and things like that's just testament really to, to, to to what he's brought to the wrestling industry. And then again, if you just think of something like. Him having that like NWA title run in the mid seventies. Fifteen years later, he's doing that flare angle and that little W, you know, NWA WCW run there with 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 flare that JP referenced. By the time you know you you you're looking another half a decade or more later, and he's is doing the ECW stuff. And I think it was one of those where at the time as well like he just he lended that real like legitimacy and credibility to ECW that you know in those early days I think just elevated it just a little bit more and just really kind of helped put it on that initial platform and initial pedestal for people to maybe take a little bit more you know a little bit more seriously than people people might otherwise have done and yeah you know I think it it's 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 one of those when you look at it in there and you think about that you know the the, the early involvement that he, he had it it definitely helped set ECW apart and then and then you think even beyond that you know <laughs> stretching into the Attitude Era and his stuff yeah. of the the chainsaw Charlie stuff and you think how far removed and how much later that is than a mid seventies NWA title run. And you think what an entirely different, what, you know, it's like a different planet almost, you know, if you compare that, you know, what's happened in the world of of wrestling 25 years later from that point to that. And he still came across as, you know, relevant and like he, he, he had it, um, you know, he, he, he got it, and do you know what I mean. He got yeah. how wrestling changed over that time period, and he understood how he needed to adapt and how things needed to just work with different people and things like that. And yeah, again, it's just kind of a, uh, it's a, it's a real, uh, a real, real sad sign. It is one of those where I kind of like look at him, and I always think, like, God, I wish I'd. You know, I wish I'd been able to see him in his prime. I wish I'd been able to be like there, live watching, watching Terry Funk in the, in the you know, in the in, in the early eighties, or you know, definitely in that yeah. room with, with Flair and things like that. It would have been absolutely fantastic. And uh, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, unfortunately, oh, I did get to see him at PCW Spring Slam in oh, two thousand and fourteen, <laughs> which again uh, shows kind of like the, the stretch and, and longevity. He was, he was a lumberjack. It was him. Vader and oh, Rikishi. was it Rikishi and you know um, seeing seeing uh, after after the main event seeing um, Rikishi, Terry Funk dance, doing like the Rikishi dance with Rikishi in the ring in <laughs> a nightclub in Preston what a, what a what a what an awesome awesome experience that was definitely one where it was like okay there's different settings that I would definitely prefer to see Terry <laughs> Funk but the fact that he was still there you know mm-hmm. 2014 mm-hmm. still entertain crowds in whatever way he could like fun fant- you know fantastic and i'm sure there's uh there's probably some great stories of, of of that trip as well but yeah you just uh you just hope that he's um is a is you know is as well as he can be i suppose in in, in this you know yeah. in this situation and you know but yeah what a what a guy what a legend i know
1: and it's like you know you say that about him like you know spanning time like I saw Alan Cheap say earlier today about like he's the one person who's wrestled uh, Rocky Maivere Rocky Johnson and the high chief Peter Maivere that's how far like terrible. and then you know I don't we're making light of it but the fact that he he did a PCW show you know the fact that like he was yeah. still around on you know the indie circuit in the 2000s the fact that he's all over yeah. that MLW you know footage that they constantly recycle on mm-hmm. TV you know he even made like mini returns to like you know he did some WWE stuff in the, in the 2000s and such and yeah he's, he's someone for me like yeah it's as far as like wrestling fandom goes obviously you know you guys goes back a, a little bit further but you know that 100% remember you know the angles with Flair and like you say the table pile driver and all of that stuff you know distinctly remember you know how big a party like you said there gareth he was of you know early cw um and you know being like the the, the old man you know type that you know he was he was the one older kind of character you know um, i remember paul heyman saying that when he wanted to take over tna it was like no you have one of them and it's terry funk you don't have like 50 of them you know what i mean and he was probably like no Terry Funk. he's probably like 40 at that point you know um but like that was that was how you know he was cast i think he was actually in his his late 40s i'm pretty sure um during that ecw run but you know uh, it's one of them um he's 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 an absolute legend, and you know, a fan like me might have got introduced to him through that, or might have got int- introduced to him through you know the Chainsaw Charlie stuff, um, you know, on on Raw when he was coming up with Foley, and they couldn't help but you know reference that it was Terry Funk, and you know ended up kind of going back to that, um, you know, t- speaking to talking about him as if he's just he's just Terry Funk after that, but like distinctly remember all that the going back and you know one of the first tape trading experiences of that was be iwa king of the death matches to see yeah. him and nick you know go back and forth in those matches you know the fact that he's done that too you know as well as being some of the, the greatest wrestling angles of all time like in the 80s he he went and did death matches in the 90s you know it's just that's terry yeah. funk isn't it that's the that's the it, it, it feels a little bit on a much you know higher level but a little bit like the conversation we had about tracy smothers but you know tracy smothers for as as lovable as he was and as great a career as he had he was a journeyman terry funk did all of this as like a top guy didn't he like it's it's absolutely crazy no one's gonna have a career like that again
2: absolutely not and Mm. it's probably from that kind of territorial part because he was a big name in memphis he had Mm. like a big run with jerry lawler there would be stuff from that i think it's an is it who did he do the empty arena match with famously that with lawler i think so yeah that's that sounds like a kind of memphis thing to do Mm. um yeah he 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 transcends kind of all the different forms of wrestling and it's also japan Mm. as well because it was it was did he do all japan and new japan just having a look now pretty sure he did
0: yeah yeah
2: on there as well yeah i can see i can certainly see all japan on there just having a look i was going
0: to say it was the all japan run wasn't it he was the most most
2: most for that, he did have two matches in, in New Japan. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, that, you look at where he is. I mean, he's such an, in, it, yeah. It, it, it's just that his legacy is enormous. Mm. And it's a good legacy. And you don't hear people slagging him off. Mm, no. Like, and it is, it's, you know. And you think, if you want an example of it, look at the clip with him and De- um, Dennis Stamp. Mm. When he makes Dennis Stamp the referee mm. for his retirement match against Brett. Mm. and the fact that he could have that um, a retirement match in an independent show in Amarillo mm. and everyone would come along to it and it's against Bret Hart you know it's it, it's it's quite incredible to to kind of think of it mm. and again
0: and, and even that from the Amarillo side was obviously that his dad's yeah. territory that him and Dory oh, ended up yeah. taking over and you know yeah. and again I'm I'm reasoning you know that um um Death of the Territories book at the minute, and there's a there's a lot in there about that 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 as well, and you, you know again the the impact that that had as, a, as as a promotion, you know certainly in Texas and certainly in a good place for people to go and work, and you know the 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 way that wrestlers were were you know treated and opportunities that they they had when when working there as well, and again it just sort of shows that element of stretch and impact that he has on you know of, you know. As, as well as influencing people in ECW in the '90s, his influence on all mm-hmm. these wrestlers that are passing through that territory in the in the, in the '70s as well, and you, like you know, we are saying there about the you know what, um, what what Alan had said about him wrestling like the the three tiers of the of the Fear family, or, or almost kind of if you think if you almost put like a. God, if, if you put together a diagram or something like that of lines coming off Terry Funk of all the interrelationships of wrestlers that mm-hmm. he's worked with and the 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 impact that's spread as a result of it, you know, there can't be many people who've had as, as big a, 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 you know, almost like touched on as many parts of the industry over the last, last half decade and, and had an influence on it as he has. I don't think
1: there is. Like, I don't, you know, business has changed. Like, you want a modern equivalent, maybe like someone like a Jericho who's been everywhere. But, you know, as mm. the business continues to change, I don't think, you know characters like that you're going to necessarily get so you know it's one of them i believe you know tommy dreamers tweeted tonight you know a bit more positively kind of saying you know it's not maybe not as serious as the reports are saying and you know terry's in good spirits and whatever which is you know if true nice to hear you know dementia is not a an easy thing for for, for someone to deal with but yeah we are all obviously uh very hopeful um that yeah it it, it does at least turn around in some regard and yeah that is a, a legend there who at the, the very least at least uh, hopefully we'll get to hear about um, how highly everyone in the business thinks of him um, but yeah uh, I suppose uh, moving on um, the other thing we did want to talk about at the, uh, the top of this podcast this week is uh, something that kind of got uh, got some, well, not headlines, but got some coverage uh, this week in, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the uh, <laughs> Wrestling Observer Radio, which, uh, yeah, uh, was a surprise to me. I didn't realise that's what uh, what Dave and Brian were talking about, as you uh, as you alluded to earlier. Uh, Brian Alvarez being particularly stumped on what grapple was, uh, but apparently Dave Meltzer stumbled across grapple. <laughs> he stumbled across the other uh, top ten matches of the year grapple here. You put out to the Gareth. That's, uh, that's been doing the round. We are we're past the six month point, so you know this is the time for that. But yeah, um, nice nice discussion that on uh, on Observer Radio talking about uh, some grapple stats.
0: Yeah, it was a bit of a random one that one because like I know always used stuff in the past. Like I've done I've done some like press releases in the past of <laughs> date you know data that's like led into shows and things like that of like best matches and you know seen him like reference it and reference it on on Twitter and things but that was a bit of a random one when I was sat here on what's <laughs> that yesterday morning? Was yeah. like, I just sat here at work and suddenly these notifications start coming on my phone of like uh, Wrestling Observer and the app and yeah that was a bit a uh, bit bizarre anyway so I was immediately on to you Benno for um, yeah, <laughs> can, can you sort me out so I can listen to this <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and,
1: uh, and then of course you <laughs> paid the fee and you subscribed yes
0: yeah. so, absolutely you find, you find you pointed me in the right direction that I that I needed to go in order to do that because not been a big uh, wrestling observer guy myself uh, mm. I wasn't too familiar if it was something that was going to be free to air or, or otherwise but um, but yeah it was uh, wow. it was nice to see get that get that level of um, yeah get get that level of discussion from um, from Dave himself obviously because you know him with his uh, star ratings and all it's uh, the, you know that's where the idea came from you know it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a mashup of all that and people moaning about one man's opinion being, you know why is it taken as red and you know mm-hmm. me thinking yeah let's make an app where everyone's opinion kind of counts and it can go towards an average and things like that so mm-hmm. it kind of did feel a little bit full circle to have him doing his top 10 and he was almost using the grapple top 10 to kind of justify some <laughs> of his picks as well. where Maybe you'd add a bit of stick in the past as well, really. So I was thinking, oh well, fair fucks, to Dave. There <laughs> there you go. I'll give you a bit of a give you a bit of support on the slide there for these people who are doubters about the old in the Tokyo Dome stuff and all that.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, take that, Trey uh, that. Um But yeah, like I, I thought it was that uh, <laughs> it was a fun conversation. hear them talk about it. You know, he's talking about like the bias that might be behind the numbers in some cases. You know, people voting for for certain wrestlers and the like. And you know, I suppose there's a bias there. You know, happens in Japan. Um, he uh, yeah. he will often uh, be criticised of, um, but no, it was surreal. And Jack and JP, Jack and Alvarez, has, uh, has downloaded Grapple. Yeah, do you I think he's worked out what it is? Um, that that was the one thing missing from the conversation. I don't think they ever explained it
2: was an app. <laughs> but yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. we'll take the advertising. <laughs> it was it, it was weird to just go like it's it's all you need to do is go. It's an app, yeah. And then obviously Grapple. Then Dave Dave went meandering. Then afterwards on there, but it was just like the. The Brian kind of like reading it out, and he, would, he just seemed astonished that this existed. Mm. Like, you can rate matches. Like, mate, have you heard of trip TripAdvisor? Like, <laughs> you know, you can rate a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, wrestling my poo. isn't Com? that weird in the scheme no. of things. <laughs> I've never used it. God help him what the fetish like parts of the internet are like when it comes to <laughs> kind of choice on that stuff. So, like,
0: this Hot is or not relatively... around for a
2: while. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is. <laughs> You ever have um, I was not. No, <laughs> I, I was. I, don't, don't, I think yeah. No, that had gone. Oh my god! <laughs> Pretend the like, thing. Is- yeah, he. It just sort of seemed to blow his. It, it seemed to kind of like blow his mind. But mm-hmm. um, I was going to say. But I mean, I know all the people who do rate on the app. They're all ultimately just influenced by Dave Meltzer, just to reinforce that narrative as mm. well. So, when people come up and complain, yeah, what well, these people do, they just talk about Dave Meltzer, and it's like, what is he Yuri, using some Yuri Geller mind control trick to make everyone <laughs> kind of look for the fight, look for the extra half star when trying to rate um Shita versus Suri? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like this is it it was fun to hear them it was fun to hear them talk about it and it's the kind of thing it's, it's, this provides and I heard Chris Harrington mention this as well about Grapple it's data it's metrics mm-hmm. you're able you know if you want to know how exit polls are conducted and I know Gareth will be able to talk about this in much more detail than me it's it's a it's, you look at the sample sizes they're not the biggest sample size in the world it's how you work things out it's how you notice trends but more importantly it's how you notice what works and what doesn't work and if you're talking about a kind of hardcore fan base, they would be the kind of people who actually influence other opinions when they go out there. So you um, think of even shows like this one or, and all the various other, other podcasts that we listen to. When people speak about it, they're more likely to then go and check it out. And so Grapple ends up fulfilling that kind of like need for it, which, again, it's a stress. It's not that difficult to understand, Brian. I can show you. <laughs> I'll also show you how to drink on a Christmas show, but that's another story. <laughs> so. I'm not so doing sure that about fucking that properly.
1: <laughs> no, you actually drank, unlike uh, Alvarez with his uh, his couple of shots a year. Um, yeah. <laughs> but enough shots at the Observer. I mean, you know, the thing that no. the, that, that no brought shots. this out <laughs> was uh, the the graphic he put out with the uh, the first half of uh, of twenty twenty one Gareth. And obviously, I'm sure we'll 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 do another uh, proper top ten episodes at the end of the year. But I did think it was uh, it was interesting, you know, a bit of a bit of a mix, to be honest, of, of matches and a couple in there that I honestly didn't expect to be there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you, um, you know, I think if anybody wants to like look at the the list easily, you can, you know, go to uh, at Grapple app on Twitter and it's pinned there as the top tweet. That, um, mm. So you can you can look at the graphic there and see see the top ten. But I mean, I think one of the things, the interesting things was about it for me was just obviously like new Japan's been much maligned this year really hasn't it you know and we've certainly not talked about it the same level of enthusiasm as we've done in previous years and not necessarily um, had the same um, yeah desire to be watching it first thing in the morning or watching full cards and things like that but I mean I think as is always the case with new Japan one of the things that you can't dispute is at the top end when you get two great wrestlers in the in the ring given the amount of time that they're given, you know, it's always going to produce, you know, good matches because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you strip everything about everything out of the way when you've got fucking Shingo working with Tanahashi or something like that, mm-hmm. and you're giving them half an hour or more. Like, it's not, it's, you know, it's. Just, just them too. You know, people like that alone are, 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 are just going to ultimately put on like a, a good match. So, you know, I think it was. I think seven of the ten uh, uh, matches in the top ten came from came from New Japan, which was a definite surprise to me on the basis of the. Um, you know, I don't know the the more negative feeling towards New Japan this year, but it just showed that if you you know you're going in going in there and you are pick and choosing, there's still some great stuff that you can can watch there. But it was, I mean, very much the year of Shingo so far when you look at this, and you know he's got the number one match on the list with Osprey from um, Don in in May number three on the list against Jeff Corb from Wrestle Kingdom and then his match with Tanashi at New Beginning in at the back end of January as well. That's been like matches one, three and four on the uh, for the for the year. So, you know, when you're in this situation where he's been, you know, strapped up recently and, you know, they've put the belt on him and things, you know, at least you have got a guy there who, you know, as a main event worker, he's someone who's going to be putting, you know, Top line matches on, and you know that's something we've talked about in the past. And you know JP's definitely passionately talked about in the past is, you know, yeah. it's not it's not fucking brain surgery, is it? New Japan was built on having excellent matches at the top end. Put the ones on somebody who's going to go out there and have and, and have great matches, and you know that's what the that's what they've done. You know, clearly, clearly based on these ratings.
2: Hmm. it it, it's incredible because some of the discourse around it around the new japan element of it is kind of fascinating to listen to and i don't want to say like oh it's kind of good or bad but i mean again just looking through the list on here and you go seven of the top 10 in a promotion that we have been sort of so roundly down on now for what feels like a like a year it's certainly a good year and having doubts about it for like a lot longer before then um it's, it's just, if, if you're thinking on there as well, I mean, like, obviously, there's two matches against Will Ospreay. I, I always look at the Jeff Cobb one as kind of being more shocking. So the idea that it's it's not just your traditional New Japan epic main event, mm. like, he's working something that was, like, third, fourth from the top on that second day of the Tokyo Dome, mm-hmm. and he's kind of having, like, the match of the night. Like, it, it's, it's, it's really incredible, isn't it? And it's also the fact that on a lot of these shows, they're kind of one or two match shows. So the idea that they're having to put certain people into these positions, because that's what they're going to deliver. And it just shows you the level of trust they've got in Shingo and how Shingo actually does deliver on that match quality basis. It's just, it's the promotion it's happening in. It's like these matches, if you're viewing them in isolation are, are kind of amazing, but I, I, You know, for some of these, for some of these shows, it's just like there's a lot of dross you're sitting through in order to get there, Mm. and a lot of completely or not not in our cases, we've just (laughs) given up. We even given up reviewing shows where they just have like. Where me and Beno will look at like two New Japan shows over a weekend and go, "There's just tags, Mm -hmm. just relentless tags," Mm -hmm. and you're just reminded that they have some amazing professional wrestlers, and if they put them into half decent storylines and let them wrestle some singles matches is a crazy concept (laughs) like you're gonna have a really good promotion Mm. but no let's have lij versus bullet club again like you know it's it's yeah it 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 doesn't point at the bigger issue i think it says like when it comes down to it if you're looking for like a great match to go to new japan is still the place that ultimately is probably is the more likely to give you it yeah. But it doesn't tell you the kind of like. One of the things about this is it's like the kind of deeper problems with, with New Japan aren't things that they go beyond like the quality of these matches.
1: I was going to say, I mean, to push back a little bit, and it doesn't really go. I mean, really, this top 10, like I'm looking at the Shingo domination, I'm going, yep, 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 that's fair Mm i mean for me it's like i was looking at this listing you know getting ready for this podcast and going okay what did i rate these matches what else did i rate in fact you know and again this whole podcast is an ad patreon now the grapple app you can filter on the grapple app and see what your highest (laughs) rates of matches are and i was i'll be honest i was looking at some of mine that i gave 4.25 stars to going don't remember a thing about that match Probably shouldn't have given it mm. four point two five if that's the case, because I do think because Will said it in the in the chat there, you know, sometimes you know because New Japan matches go long, people almost feel well that's epic, so I've got to rate it high. I still think mm. there's a part of me that's like I can't, but it's a New Japan main event, I can't give it three and a half stars, you know, I, and I have don't get me wrong this year, like I, I've gone low, but uh, I do something. Think sometimes maybe there's a there's a bit of an inherent bias there. I don't know what you think, i
0: Mine's the other way. Without some of this last year has been where matches have gone too long. Mm. I've been thinking that would have been a five four and a half if that if they'd lob that last ten minutes off or something. I've you know, there's to. been there's been some instances there for, mm. there for me where I've thought, oh, this is really peaking, and then it starts to drag at the end, and then it's like oh, actually I didn't enjoy that much uh, as much as I was enjoying it up to that point, or or I thought I was going to enjoy it to to that point. So. I mean, there's a. I feel personally like there's a bit of there's a bit of give and take from that that perspective. But yeah. I'm probably similar to you though, Benno, as well. That like you know, one of the first things I did was go on there and go, all right, well, let's you know look at my ratings for for the year and let's let's pick out any differences that come out there. And there was a lot of matches there that I've given you know four point two five that I'm looking at and I'm like, yep, yeah, same as you. I've I, asked yeah. me to pick out one detail of this this match, one like you know, key element or something like that. And I couldn't do it. And then that's where you think to yourself. Yeah. Same should minutes, you be? Though,
1: isn't it? A little bit, maybe with new yeah. Japan too, you know, the fact that like there are, a, although we can say a positive as these matches exist, it's kind of like, ah, oh, they do kind of blend into each other a little, little bit. Like when I come to do my proper top 10 list at the end of the year, you know, Brit Baker, Thunder Rosa is 10 on here that stands out to me way more than a lot of other things mm. I've given that. I gave that 4.25. There's other 4.25s on my list where I'm like, Tanahashi work with who? When? You know? <laughs> like Or like, maybe not, you know, I'm not picking on Tanahashi, but you know what I mean? Like, there, there are there are matches like that, you know? The, some of that, the, the Kota Ibushi title reign, I'm kind of like, mm, that kind of just washed over me. I don't remember being 4.25 worth of, of into that. Uh, whereas like, you know, Omega Phoenix on that AW, um, <laughs> New Year's smash show, like that's one that like I can distinctly remember spots from or Young Bucks against Kingston and Moxley. I can, I gave 4.25 or something unique like Barnett and Moxley, you know, on blood Sports. stands out actually a bit more to me than, yeah, some of these rando new Japan matches that maybe I've, uh, if anything, been a bit too generous on.
2: There's also a recency bias. I think with the, I mean, obviously Hitomi Haishishita versus Suri is there mm. and it, and you're right. It, the, that is the thing that kind of stands stands out ultimately is that if you're seeing that one great one match from that one promotion, hmm. that's a kind of I think that that kind of helps as the the kind of like the yeah. selling point for, for those kind of promotions and but most and that's people will great. only
1: see that one match won't be from starting yeah. that year or you
2: know, a handful of matches. Same happens when we talk Noah in all Japan, you know. Yeah. Exactly. We, we you know, because- Noah had sorry. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say and with that one though, one of
0: the good things to me was that that like that that's got like over hundred and twenty-five votes or ratings mm-hmm. gone in on it on that match, which is like a fucking stardom match, you know. And for me, for me it's one of those where you're looking at it and you're like, that's something that I'd probably expect, you know, to maybe have half of that, or maybe. But again, it just shows that mm-hmm. when you get something like that that you know, does knock it out of the park and it is a great match, then it does generate that buzz. Then people will fucking go and watch it. And and hopefully it's one of the things that I always wanted to achieve with the app was like something like that, where, you're helping generate that buzz and people are looking and they're going like, go away and watch this. Like I still haven't watched that match, but you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, it's, it's second on the list for the year. How can I not watch this match, you know, and at least have an opinion on it sort of thing. So it's, you know, it's, it's drawing me that way. And, and another match, obviously that's in the, in the list at number eight. And this is, this is one where, you know, the number of ratings is, is much lower, but it's still, you know, it was still one that was, Significantly enough to to include in this list is that Aussie Open Velocities match that you know I watched a couple of weeks ago. I think you watched this week, JP. But again, at the, yeah, at the end of the day, it's coming out there as you know, of the people who've watched it, there's no higher tag team match that's been rated this year so far. So in the you know in theory, based on app users, it's standing there, you know, at the, at the top of the, the tree. If you haven't watched it, hopefully, then this list is is kind of that prompt for some people to go. You know what? I better check that out and. You'd like to think then that if people do that, they might go, oh, you know what, I'll stick around and I'll watch the the undercard of that show because I bought it, or, oh, that was great. I might watch the the next show that the Velocities are on. I'll get that show because I really enjoyed that last match or something like that. And that's one of the things that, you know, as much as, I don't know, people can... I don't know, maybe like pin negativity and things like that on, on, on certain elements, or if it's like commentary and reviews on podcasts and things like that. Hopefully it's shit like this that helps go the other way and it opens people's eyes to you know, things that they that might fly under the radar and they might ordinarily not, not look at. And again, that's one of the things that I kinda, you know, hope hope that the app continues to push because Again, prior to doing this, there's a lot of stuff out there where it would have just like flown under my radar. I know there's other ratings things out there, and others, there's other people reviewing it and things like that. But you know, anything that kind of cements that platform for something that is good to be seen to be good and to be seen to be rubbing shoulders with New Japan and things like that, then mm. then, then then it can only be only be positive, can't it? Definitely, definitely.
2: And I th- I was going to say, and I know we've not necessarily finish with the top 10 but I like the sleeper top 10 Mm -hmm. like and and those kind of matches that are appearing on there as well where they won't have as many votes because I've I, I think last time I was checking like the what the top match of the overall top 10 I think it's got like over 600 votes isn't it for the um Shingo versus Osprey Mm. There's like a lot of you know, but there I'm I'm looking at the kind of Lee Moriarty wheeler. You a match thinking, oh yeah, want to watch that. I, I Josh Alexander versus TJP. Yeah, that was a so match I went that. 4.25 out, and that's and that stood out to me. Mm. Yeah. And like you say, it didn't go into an amorphous blob that is New Japan mm. um, where you're not, you know, you're watching it. But it's it's like I was trying to think of a of a good analogy. It's just like a a director who's pushing out very good work. Or like as part of like a showrunner for a TV show and for a season, it's just like yeah, this is good stuff, but it's still very derivative. It's still based on stuff from earlier pre previous seasons where it felt sort of fresher and everything else. So it's going to be interesting how this changes. I mean, I'd say on the AW front, it's fascinating that the only match that's there is the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match. But I think we've all been quite consistent that they haven't had. Like kind of the singles matches that are ever gonna sort of threaten the the top end of those. It's the thing that that they kind of lack are those kind of absolute stellar singles matches that are like in that four and a half to five star range. The kind of classics.
0: Mm. And, and this will be interesting to see though now that they're coming back and in front of crowds and where they've got these like pay per views in the second half of the year, yeah. where it's more established, obviously, with Kenny having the belt now. And, uh, you know, obviously, he's someone in the past who's always been, like, up there, you know, from his New Japan run, obviously, from a, you know, a a star rating point of view or a match quality point of view and things like that. So if suddenly he's going out there and he's getting to work, another top-level worker in front of a rabid crowd who are absolutely fucking, you know, say, Chicago for that, you know, that, is it full gear is it that's a, a chicago um, or, or is it, um, um, it, it all it's out. all out isn't it that's it's uh, chicago wow. you know the you know the, the the potential there for them to 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 pull up is 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 massive you know and and again i think it's 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 one of those where um you know i think it was uh, mark buckley um friend of the show pointing out you know, none of the top ten um, was a men's single match that happened on American soil, which you know is, uh, is 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 wild. It made me look into it, and it was that one that you referenced. Beno was the the Omega Phoenix match. That was the it be. number fourteen on the list overall, and that was the you know the highest rated men's men's match uh, on on American soil. But again, it's 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 pretty pretty wild when you think of the the talent that we've got um floating around aw and wwe and things that that they're still not you know resonating at that that top level from a from a match quality point of view but i've certainly got more faith in aw challenging that list than um than wwe anytime soon yeah
1: that's true what is the highest WWE match you know God
0: just off the top of your head I can find out you can mm. yeah yeah I'll, I'll have the, um, have, have the, the I think off the t- I think off the top of my head it was um, I think yes. it was Walter
1: against oh, Walter uh, was I gave that uh,
0: 4.5 no it was the it was the other one um, oh, remember they had two, two de- they had two in two they had two in two days didn't they Yeah, was, um, that's right it, was, mm. it that was that was the the top WWE match I'm a, yeah. um, and I'm Ross, I am imagine it's a lot
1: lower <laughs> than, than that. Oh, like God. that's terrifying, isn't it? and um, and I
2: think as well the there were people saying about like NXT matches, NXT UK matches, not not being on the list and things like that. And I just assumed, well, they probably haven't got enough ratings in order to kind of meet that cut. I, that's sometimes that's the issue. is you're talking like kind of very small sample sizes being watched in a in a in very much in isolation. I mm.
0: mean, you look at it, like say that Walter Champa batch that's like four hundred and thirty nine rating. Yeah. you know, and that's that's an average of like a four point two five. I'm looking here. I gave, it NXT, though, isn't and it? I gave it I like a four point two five myself on that, but that's probably one that stands out more in my mind, say, than some of these New Japan matches. There, I'm just looking here. Ballard, Pete Dunne was the second WWE match at a Takeover. The 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 highest WWE like proper is um, Sasha against Bianca Belair from WrestleMania, which is like a four point two one average with that one and then reigns daniel bryan from from the the next day at 4.4.12 there but mm-hmm. yeah there's only what's there's not even 10 matches that are four star or above across all WWE product this year which when you think you've had wrestlemania you've had takeovers and things mm-hmm. it's um,
2: yeah pretty uh, pretty surprising yeah that's it. they are shit though in fairness aren't they <laughs>
1: So. <laughs> and We've got the mathematical proof, so there you go. It's uh, it's there, yeah. in the, it's there in the data. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't expect that from WWE main roster, but I do expect it from NXT. I oh. do expect it from takeovers, yeah. you know, oh. big matches. Yep. Um, and again, I suppose there haven't been that many takeovers, but you know, it's half a year's worth of, worth the sample size there. Um, I mean, I was going to say, Gareth, you know, JP alluded to before, like the the top ten sleepers list that you put out as well. You know, as the open velocities top that one and also made the uh, the main ten, but Definitely some some interesting stuff in there. A couple of all Japan appearances, big Japan in there, DDT in there, Dragon Gate. We um, get even getting in there with mm-hmm. the uh, the or KZ match in there from uh, from King of Gate. Um, kind of I think more variety on, on that list, isn't there? Like in the in the sleeper list than than maybe the the main list.
0: That's always the one that I like as I'm doing these. That's the one I always like. I'm looking at more kind of thing. I'm thinking, what's been good here that maybe I have missed? And the good thing about that top 10 is that like nine of the top 10 were from... Different promotions altogether. Like, all, all Japan was in there twice, but the the, the others were all mm-hmm. individual matches across different promotions, which again, you know, to me just sort of shows that span into different areas. And it was just interesting once I posted this today. Like, number nine, number nine on the list is like the okabayashi uh, Nakanui match from japan's new year show and that's in there at number nine on this list the average on the app is like 3.98 so essentially it's like an average four-star match from from people who've rated it but somebody was like commenting on the twitter um, feed today when that came out he was like oh that's my match of the year and things and and to me it was like it's number nine on this list but it's somebody's match of the year and it's there Mm -hmm. and it's a four-star average and you think who knows you know i might watch it and go do you know what? Actually, that's yeah, that's a comfortable top five for me, or something like that again. So mm-hmm. for me, it's all about kind of showcasing these things that might be a bit different. And then obviously we, you know, we've you know, you look at this alone, you mentioned Ozzy Open Velocity has been on there. It's got like that Melbourne uh, wrestling, the Adam Brooks Slex match that yep. I think uh, JP talked about a, f- a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago on the on the show has uh, been referenced there. Number two on the lists, you know, something from GCW Tournament of Survival as well. So, again, it's just yeah, there's the one man. for you, Benno. And it's, uh, again, it's just uh, again, I suppose it just shows that like element of element of variety that, that's out there that you put a list together like this and it's, you know, there's some, <laughs> you've got hardcore stuff next to Impact TV matches next to, you know, long All Japan Champions Carnival matches and things like that as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. again, I think it's one of those where hopefully there's a bit of, bit of something for everyone.
1: That's it. And if you want them on the main list, you know, get in there, vote them, get them over 50 votes, you know, <laughs> some of these matches, you know, yeah. I imagine, you know, could, could well uh, feature at least, you know, near the, the top end of the, uh, the proper list at the end of the year. But no, it is, that's, yeah, not not, not not to like flag this with hashtag ad, but that's why Gravel exists, doesn't it? Like it's,
0: uh, it's yeah. for this type of stuff. It's, it's so think- Sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, exactly. That's 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 what it's it's all about. As 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 a, a list making freak that I am, as well, I've always loved loved putting a list together. So when you get to these points of the year where you've got like vast amounts of data to to work with as uh, as well, and like you know, okay, some of these matches might be smaller levels, but I think one of the things I said when I you know highlighted on the graphic is like 132,000 ratings in total have gone in this year into the app to mm-hmm. to make this up, which is like wild to me when I'm you know. You know, I'm sat there with my spreadsheet and totting this up, and just the idea that people have sat there 132,000 times this year and just gone and tapped that uh, tap that star button kind of thing on the app—it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty mental. And especially when you think about, you've still got things to come like the G1 as well. It's gonna, mm. you know, will no mm. be producing great matches at all. It's just going to be threatening these lists and getting you know people rating stuff on on a daily basis as well. It's uh, it's it's pretty mad. Worst, uh, worst match that I've, I haven't done a worst of, um, but we've got um, we've got Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton from uh, from March there currently. Yeah. If we if we're picking something out that's got thirty ratings or more, there, one hundred and sixty-eight people giving that a 0.7 rating on that on, on that one. So clearly, uh, fireballs coming out of people's hands isn't uh, isn't uh, doing it for people in the same way as thirty-minute uh, matches in the Tokyo Dome.
2: He would have thunk it. <laughs> in, in fairness, Bray Wyatt, who we haven't got onto, I'm imagining he's very much the anti Shingo of that top ten worst list, where he would appear like seven odd times or whatever. Like to yeah, that yeah. this is WWE's time to shine, because I can imagine the vast majority of that list is WWE. Because mm-hmm. again, thing to mention about like kind of AEW in in relation to all of this is. A lot of the stuff is television. Mm. It's very good television matches. Mm. The pay-per-views are only on like those kind of big, big, big matches. They're only happening, even if you include some of the specials as well, sort of like 10, 12 times a year. So mm. I'm fascinated to see how this list is going to change over the next few months. I also think the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix coming up, I think there's going to be some stuff on that. That's when I use the app. How am I gonna like again? Sorry, this is this is just basically an advert now. What I do is I go, well, which of the match am I going to watch, and I use the filter system, mm-hmm. and then I work it out, and I know, and then I look on that, and I kind of use that as a guide rather than like you know, it, look at the opinion, see how many ratings are in, and go, yeah, that's worth a punt, and that's put it on the put it on the watch list.
1: What are you guys match of the year so far? Where where are we? Like anything jump out from? <laughs> like this list or like personally what you what you think you're gonna you're gonna go with. Like I'm looking at mine and like four and a half stars. I've got Shingo Tanahashi uh Okada Osprey which hmm I'm not sure i might downgrade that one. Osprey Zach, uh which featured on it from the New Japan Cup and uh and Kota Ibushi J White um uh, from Wrestle Kingdom weekend as well. Um yeah, they're kind of my frontrunners at the minute, but I'd be lying if I didn't say I felt a little bit stronger about some of my, my 4.25 star matches there. Might they might have a uh, a heavy rewatch uh, period coming up uh, this time at the end of the year, I think. To uh, I mean, obviously, there's going to be more stuff to come. We're going to have more stuff, more matches with crowds and hopefully, yeah, you know, packed, loud crowds who can actually cheer coming later this year. But that's uh, that's it at the top of my list. I don't know about you guys or, yeah, or even in the chat if anyone wants to uh, throw in what they've got.
0: I mean, I've, I've got, got I, I've, I've got full five once as I'm looking at this, and it's it's Osprey Shingo at Don Taku, mm. and that's that's the only five star match that I've given this year, and mm. I did fucking love that, you know. I, it, mm. I I remember saying on the show it finished and it just felt like yeah, that's an easy five for me at the mm. at the end of that one. So that one that one stands out as has been the one that that's over and above the rest. But I'm the same as you, Benno, There, I'm kind of almost thinking here and I know this happened last year, did the rewatch at the end of the year as we were like compiling stuff for the end of the year show. And it was amazing how certain things changed, you know, in your, in your mind when you're sort of like taking out it out of the moment and you're watching it again in isolation. And, you know, I also remember you saying about like the Cody-Dustin match, was that two Always years ago when you out, did that yeah. show? And like, it was it was one where you thought it was a comfortable in your top 10 and then you rewatched it and, you know, realized it it, it didn't hit, hit, hit the mark. You know, I'm I'm looking at my 10 on the app here and I've got things like Britt Baker and Thunder Rose are higher than um it is on that on that grapple top ten. And to be honest, yeah, it, it is a match that really like left a mark in my brain more so than something like abushi J White at Wrestle Kingdom that, that I've got at the same same level star rating here. The, the, there's other stuff as well. Like I think um one that I really enjoyed was that um Sakuraba Sagera um Konga. Nakajima, Kitamiya tag match.
2: The aggressions, but, right, yeah,
0: that's- yeah, fucking great stuff. That like that's uh, you know, that's one that's, that's in my list, and I've got that above the Velocity Aussie Open match. So that's my, you know, that's my my tag team match of the year the, um, mm. uh, as well there. But even things like that, that Walter Champa match, that will be as much as I don't want an NXT match to be in my, you know, tickling my top ten there. It's definitely at the uh, it's it's definitely at the bottom end for for me because again, it stands out as a little bit more more memorable than than some of the other stuff that's in there.
2: Mm. my list feels quite similar apart from i'd like to mention um julia versus um uh tam nakano at the stardom show the one with the she had a haircut like that was the one i went four and a half on um on there as well uh but other than that there's a it's a similar thing i'm looking through and i'm going there's all these New Japan matches, and I'm struggling to remember a lot of these on here. It's it's kind of much more of the interesting. list is when it gets to 4.25. So I've got Hirosheita versus B Priestley at 4.25, and that only happened like kind of a couple of months ago as well. Mm. Um, Barnett Moxley, yeah, like kind of really, really like that's got a chance to make my out. time. Yeah, it's it's probably this year. Looking at it, it's going to be a much more eclectic mix, mm. I think.
1: That's the kind of year it is, isn't it? Stuff's gonna to have to stand yeah. out to to make it worth. Because we're not gonna feel passionately, are we, about this empty arena period? It's gonna feel weird in six months, I think.
2: Exactly, and it's when we get those first big matches in front of those big crowds. Mm. At that point, it's gonna feel like you know, it's coming home.
1: <laughs> oh no! Is that the episode title <laughs> oh, now? Is that what we're on <laughs> with? Is it happening?
2: I think it might be. <laughs> yeah, it might be easier to do than go. Yeah, inevitably. I shouldn't feel so embarrassed about that feeling like one big
0: infomercial because uh, we are talking about well, like paid the best well for wrestling it, so. matches of the But yeah, yeah, yeah It's
2: not relevant. It's not like it's not relevant to wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry,
0: sorry everyone. I hope
1: that didn't feel like a great big advert.
2: <laughs> well,
1: there you go. And the money's coming to you, uh, Dave Meltzer, but not you, Brian Alvarez. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> well, should we switch gears? Do you want to talk about? Uh, do you want to talk some AEW? talk some dynamite mm. We're back on wednesdays which is a positive in that yay dynamite's back on wednesdays uh it's also a negative in that oh by the time we get to talk about it, it's almost a week late but you know uh, we can uh we can make it timely because we will uh preview uh next week's uh dynamite uh, coming up as well but yeah um glad to see aw back on on wednesdays glad to see aw back in front of crowds and yeah i thought it was a, a pretty good episode of dynamite last week uh I did think that uh mjf and sammy gavar after an extremely awkward opening exchange where they looked like mm-hmm. a couple of uh, indie dudes trying to do uh, a spot that was far too complicated for them it they somehow slipped into like a completely different match that I thought was fantastic. Uh, I thought the MJF... You know, it was a it was a great base for Sammy, including you know basically catching him with his face when uh, when Sammy did that uh, that RVD uh, dive on the uh, on the oh. outside, and you know it, maybe it wasn't your heated blood feud main events so and maybe that some would have wanted, but as far as like a you know a moderny kind of type type of match, you know complaints about the first five minutes aside, um, I think they really pulled something out and we got some great drama in there as well, um, and yeah, we did. At the end of the day, you know, despite it being you know a little bit. Of, of of a maybe a more complex match than maybe we might have expected from a from an MJF. We got a at the mm. end of the day you had a, a strong heel against a strong baby face uh, in a feud where You know, I don't know if you saw the video before this, JP, where you know they were doing the uh, the build for it, and you hundred percent believed MJF didn't like Sammy, and Sammy didn't like MJF, and yeah, for a a secondary match that you know isn't the uh, the key match in this feud, which is going to be MJF and Jericho. I thought these uh, these two lads really delivered, and I thought this was uh, the best Dynamite main event in a while. Don't know about you,
2: JP. No, no, I was, I'm kind of with you on that. Mm. Uh, I think I went 3.75, agree with you. At the start, there was like a little yeah, bit clunky, but then I really got into it, mm. really got into this match. I, I remember when I did the Daily Update, I'd read some stuff about the ending of the match and some people not being particularly happy about it. I kind of thought, well, this is a television wrestling match as well. So there's a certain set of kind of expectations. This isn't something that's going to be ending a feud. This is very much at the start of it. And it feels that this is going to be the transitional feud when MJF, if he goes over Chris Jericho, which you would imagine that that is really the direction that they should be kind of going in, that Sammy Guevara being set up as that next kind of constant rival in there makes sense.
1: Hmm.
2: And the crowd like Sammy, like an MJF, he has that habit of depending on who he's in there with he can raise he can raise his game Hmm. so they can do all their stuff look spectacular but there are things about him like his you know there was one point when um, Sammy Guevara had him like for a a pin and he just basically leaned back a little bit more just to put his feet onto the ropes and it's that kind of nice stuff that he that, that MJF kind of gets when you mentioned about him being that kind of good base you're never getting spectacular from him but it's enough to work and get the kind of reactions that he needs to as someone who's going to be positioned as as their top heel at some point. So, yeah, I, I really I enjoyed this. Like I said, I went 3.75. It delivered all of the things that I wanted it to. Mm. I just kind of want to see them in front of bigger crowds mm. and out of Jacksonville, which is going to be happening this week.
1: Yeah.
0: How about you got a... I mean that that match was one there that it was you know it, I was the same age as giving it three point seven five but in the moment it, it you know it was sort of flipped between the three point seven five and four in my mind really it was something that I really enjoyed I think it was it was good with the you know I loved how and I it felt like a proper main event I think with that crowd it felt like it it was it was serious and it meant something and you know I think with the you know we've been critical in the past of you know elements of this feud the the inner circle pinnacle feud and how long elements of it had dragged on and things like that but this was one where it you know it really did feel like a, it felt like a big deal it felt like mm-hmm. it felt like something that was you know relevant to be main event in the show and you know again there's something i always like hark back to it's two fresh faces two new faces still they were there on you know american tv headlining in a wrestling show and putting on you know a a really good match that's got the crowd going fucking bananas for it really which is you know in in all the years we've been starved of having that alternative the idea that you'd have two two guys just been given that freedom to just go out there and you know work in this way and get the crowd behind them so much and, uh, and be so into it like that was as big a tick in the box for, for, for me as anything and i i, I just like the way i don't know i i, I like that it was put together i, I like that real sort of like fast start where you know there's lots of reversals and counters and you know they you know really evading each other and things like that it sort of got things going quite you know quickly there was just some you know there's some nice spots i think with the um with you know MGF getting the advantage like ragging his knee and then Sammy doing like the drop kick into MGF's face when he was holding the chair and things like that, just to, to turn the tide either way, which got the right required reaction from the, the crowd in, um, in both instances. I loved that big, you know, tombstone pile driver from the second rope by MGF. that just looked great on, you know, you know again, that, that happening on American Indy-rific TV. Move, that one, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. But like, again, just looking very different and just, setting it apart the idea that that was, that, that was happening in a, in a match like this but then there was even nuanced stuff in there there was a bit where like they were both fucked at the end and like MGF had hurt Guevara's knee earlier on in the match and, and he just sort of like really crawled up behind him and he just punched him in the back of the knee and put Guevara down and I was like that's great that like it was just it was it was just such a small nice touch that it, that was where they were in the match and it was still like what an arsehole, what a shitbag, just like crawling up to just punch him in the back of the knee and, and, and put him down. and You know, all, all in all, I was really enjoying it. I didn't like the finish, like I didn't like the interference oh. at, the, at, the, at, the, at the finish. That was something that, um, that it, to me, it felt like the two working together in that match. It was building and it was pieced together, you know, really well, for it to finish, you know, I don't know, for it to finish in a better way than it, than, than it did. I, th- I think if it had had a um, a non-interference finish to this match, it could easily have been four or four point two five to me. I, the, I, the ending just 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 took away from it slightly. I mean, I know at the end of the day, the end game is you know it's MGF and Jericho, and they've got to do something to to get to that. But but in isolation, the match, I think, it, um, I think it it. it it's suffered for me because of that. end.
1: Well, I mean, moving on to like a, a, another positive, I would say from the show. Um, yeah, and we've got some negatives to come too. um, <laughs> another positive, I think, and a big, big headline coming out of this is uh, us getting going with the, uh, the Kenny Omega hangman feud. Um, Made up with that, I think I was sceptical that we were we were heading in that direction. I was expecting another, you know, Looney Tunes, Kenny Omega versus insert upper mid-carder here um, to come. I've been, you know, myself been, felt quite strongly about, you know, at some point these top-line AW guys are going to have to start fucking wrestling each other and, you know end of a pandemic, you know, crowds are coming back, hopefully this is a sign this is coming and tell you what, as far as uh, telling that story goes, I, I don't think uh, this could have gone any better, you know uh, yeah, yeah, Kenny, Kenny Omega um, out there doing you know Kenny Omega, um, and, and cutting his promo about how there was uh, there was no one left. Great and he beard, though. Ran through ever. I don't know about the mustache, to be honest. For you on. know, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'm always going to have something to say about Kenny, but you know, I I was dreading this segment to be honest, and it was feeling a bit typical Kenny at the start, and then. But it, it worked for this, uh, you know, and it worked for the Dark Order coming out and being the proxy for Hangman and in a great bit of, you know, subtle storytelling, but, you know, you were kind of beating over the head with it later, but it was subtle for the for the moment. At no point do they mention Hangman Page's name, you know, when they're talking to Kenny. And I thought Evil Uno was fantastic, you know, as, as the mouthpiece there. It's like, uh, you know, talk about a guy who, you know, he's happy he's making a living, I think, and he's willing to do whatever the company want him to do. Um, I thought he was brilliant as, like, yeah, the mouthpiece for, mm. for the Dark Order. Um, you know, Kenny's been for, great
2: over the last few weeks, isn't he? He
1: has. He really has, yeah. Yeah. Especially had yeah, that match where yeah, with uh, with Miro as well. Um, but yeah, I thought that was great. Really enjoyed, uh, you know, uh, you know, Kenny selling it, Um and and uh, and kind of, you know, that whole, you know, you know, he doesn't want the match, or he's not, you know, again, not using Hangman's name. Yes, they did a, a bit of a more on the nose segment later backstage with Dark Order and, uh, and Adam Page. But talk about a, a few that's been been well done. Lots of like subtle story beats. Lots of little. Uh, I I would say uh, nuggets nuggets of, uh, of story easter eggs uh, laid within uh, AEW history to get to this point and now you know plenty of time to go for, for all out for us to have a, a really nice build um, to finally get in this match and Hammond finally accepting the match from from Kenny this is this is absolutely the uh, the type of storytelling you want to see on mainstream wrestling TV I'd say definitely mm. it,
0: it, feel, it feels like something that They've had pieced out since prior to them getting back you know before them even tagging up. this feels like something that it's been like, you know, it's been mapped out on a wall there where they've gone like right, month by month for this period of time to get mm-hmm. to this destination and they've okay, you're gonna tag and then it's got you know, These elements are going to happen, which you you know is dissension in the team and breakup, and uh, it's something where it's clearly been thought out long term. I I, I unfortunately can't credit the Twitter account, but there was an account on Twitter this week that sort of that that pieced together the whole run, and it was Mm -hmm. you know you were looking at it and reading it, and there's there's probably some elements there where it's a bit like yeah okay that was something that we just added in on the fly, and it was something where it was it was you you know could be reading between the lines or, or whatever, but. You could just see that there is this skeleton that 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 there have have been laying in place for this storyline as a as a whole and like you say as um as as wrestling fans this is this is why <laughs> this is the least that you can hope for in a main event matches is that it's something that's had a lot of thought put into it and that's something that's built over a long period of time that that, that the people booking it have thought about and have you know wanted to put the detail in there to the to the storyline and create something that you can kind of like really get your teeth into and and again the end result of it is 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 only going to be that people are going to be gagging to see this match and absolutely, you know, desperate for it. And then I can only imagine what that crowd's going to be like in the arena for for Hangman coming out because even the small scale, you know, Daily's d- Place crowds that we that we've seen here is, you know, like you say in that promo where they don't even mention him by name and the crowd are going nuts, you know, chant- chanting cowboy shit. And, mm. you know, it just it just something we've talked about previously was in this COVID era, you're not necessarily getting that feel for how over certain people are. And, you know, there was that element of like concern of, you, you know, oh, if is, hopefully the bubble hasn't been missed on Hangman because he was just starting to really get over once, um, you know, before things shut down for COVID. Those live crowds were, were, were great then, but it looks like they've just managed to, I don't know. Park things appropriately, and then build it back up through through this period to the to the point now where yeah he's going to be he's going to be over over like fucking yeah I mm. cannot wait for that match
2: it's going to be great yeah it's it's a simple character development story isn't it mm. in some ways and it's the way they've moved some of the replaceable parts I th- I think the Dark Order have just added so much kind of to it because they've given yeah. him this kind of very pure baby face faction as they are, which seems weird to say that in and of, of themselves, but they're like the perfect people for them to be with. And the whole idea of, it's like, yeah, if you don't win, it's okay. We're all still mates. And so like, I recommend to anyone have a look through the thread because it does bring up that, like the thing that I always forget at the start is the idea for the match against Jericho that Adam Page asked the Bucks if they could be there by ringside and they weren't whereas they were doing that for Kenny. Like mm. you, you, you you, kind of get the genesis of something there and it goes across different companies and, and, and everything else. So there's, there's as much depth for this story as you kind of want it to have. Mm. If you wanted to look at this as like a simple baby face versus heel, cocky heel champion, then you can get that. But then if you want the extra layers, it's there. And that's the stuff that when you reward people with that, that's why they stick with you long-term mm. because you're giving them stuff that's like substantial. And that you can kind of really get into it at this point. So, but I'm still convinced that Kenny will retain. Mm. For some reason, I'm still thinking at this point, even though it might just be the most obvious thing in the world to do is to put the title on on Hangman Pages. The part of me thinks that this isn't the end of this story yet.
0: Mm. I, I, I'm with you, and again, we've we've talked about it in the in the past. It almost feels like there's so much more legs in this for him not to win it first time and it would be so in keeping with the character for him not to do it first time and he's you know he's still got further on his journey to get to that stage and to you know find himself more and the motive it could be just that a loss just being that extra sting of motivation that he needs and things like that to build the character and develop it more and more and 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 get to that, that that point and then when it finally does happen then you think the the pop's going to be even more crazy than it would be at this point.
2: Money's in the chase. Yeah. Kind of always always has been. And it feels too soon to end the chase when you can get a wrong Tangman page who goes, right, I am as good as you. We have this great match and you can go down a road and tell that story for another few months where it's just like a kind of, like he comes back and he's just like with the kind of element of self confidence that he's been missing all along. So, I mean, and again, it's a, it's a, it's a relatable story. No supernatural shit going on here, believe it or not with the dark order as well. <laughs> yeah. Be like, careful. <laughs> if we forget about the masks bit, but no, like on the whole, it's, it's like, you know, it, it's an easy story to get mm. and it doesn't um, involve Alexa Bis. I don't know bleeding oil from her fucking eyes and the crown of thorns so <laughs> well, I was, I was uh, say- I'm
0: just looking it, just looking here I was just looking for that twitter thread that's that that's definitely worth a read and hangman page is actually like quote tweet quote retweeted it today so if you just go to hangman pages like Twitter account and just read that it's it's a it's a thread from a guy Chris uh, Brosnahan, but yeah once you read down that, you just think, yeah, this is you know. It, it, it's something that adds to it really when you read that as well and it's it's not fucking law it's something that's uh, actually been there and genuinely kind of like worked into the to the booking it's not people retrospectively um trying to piece together something brie wyatt did when he was husky harris or something like that and think that it had some consequence of what's happened in 2021 or something like that it's <laughs> it, it's something that's been legitimately booked and thought through
1: in a way it's a fully realized version of what. Well, Kenny and Koto are kind of trying to do and you know the, I read that, that tweet thread myself and it's it's, sim- it's similar to some of the threads people put together with the Kenny and Koto stuff and even with that though it did feel at times people were being a little bit charitable like on, on some of the history between the two but you know i am the kenny omega knocker on this podcast you know but you know the two things he does well layered stories like this and you know big time matches and if this gives us those two things then you know i'll i'll take a break um from for a while and the other thing i was going to say as well you know you said about uh kenny going over i mean the the obvious reason kenny's going over gareth is because well you know all out chicago can't have hangman go over and then get, get you know we need kenny to go over and then cm punk to come out you know yeah, oh, yeah. can't come, got... He can't come and do a face to face with Hangman Page. It's got to be Kenny. Um, so that's my other. Uh, <laughs> that's my other reason. It's uh, it's coming. I'll believe that. Or right,
0: after all else, I'll stop. After all else, he's not coming back. I'll, I'll, I'll stop. Wait. Stop saying that. I don't need any more reasons to try and uh, get to Chicago um, for that show.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm already. I'm already. 51% of the way go into that show so uh, yeah don't don't tip me over the edge even that. <laughs> don't right, well, make it reality
1: <laughs> well there are a couple of like more minor things on this Dynamite we can talk about but I think they fit in well to like a mm-hmm. preview of, uh, of next week but the one thing I did the other negative I did well the one big negative I want to say from this show as well just to, just to throw it in there because I like them every now and then James Ross, what are you doing, mate? Um, like, like, I know it's petty to say, you know, obviously everyone knows by this point, you know, he closed the show with, what was the quote? It was something like, there's nothing like, uh, nothing in your life will top seeing a live WWE Dynamite fuck me you know we got that fucking epic video of like you know how important daily's place has been to AEW, and genuinely made me a little bit emotional it was like you know lockdown's a bit hard AEW at the start genuinely like we we maybe were very unsure on you know should wrestling take place is wrestling important enough to justify you know take making a load of people you know risk over them whatever and you know there's still a question about that, but overall, AW over this period, it's been a real positive, I think, to a, to to wrestling fans' lives at least. And you know, it's been has been great, and yeah, felt genuinely emotional, happy at the end of that video. What a great way for them to to go off the air, and then yeah, Jim Ross stands on his own feet um and calls it WWE <laughs> Dynamite, and this was a one-off. You absolutely you can forgive it, you know. People make mistakes. People say we do it all the time on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like I was, mm-hmm. I was, on, I was on BB. Uh, bwe today and i got jj gale mixed up with the other jj from uh from future shock you know things happen when you're you're you got a live mic and uh in front of you but like i don't know like jim ross has had so many of these moments and he's done it so many times without in my opinion offering much in the way a positive that you can counter it with like it's so bad that like i didn't even mention it when we did the triple h pod but you were saying gareth how like crap jr and jim ross i think were jr and jerry lawler where there's there's a mess up in in, in one segment about how, how rough they were but i was thinking at the time still better than what he's like today <laughs> like you know it's still better than what he's offering now what does jim ross offer AEW? like name value is anyone but is anyone watching this tv show based on a commentator at this point i can i can accept him as one extra element that, that maybe makes wrestling fans feel familiar with the tv show but even his use for that is Surely, surely gone at this point. Like, I, it just feels like Tony Khan's too, too afraid to tell him off. Really, you kind of get that vibe a bit. Everyone's like stepping on, stepping on eggshells, unwilling to to call him out for what he is these days and what he is is somebody who should be backstage doing interviews with Andrade shouldn't be out there. Taz works for this company. You know, there are many other commentators who, who work for this company who'd be much better. Fucking put Don Callis in there for all I care. Like, yeah, I don't know what that man adds to this broadcast anymore.
0: And, and it's the opposite of what he adds. It's what he's actively taking away now. I think mm-hmm. that's the, that's the, the, as well as not adding much. It's when you get something like this, like that video w- was great. I was the same as you, Ben. I had a fucking tear in my eye watching it. And it wasn't just the Brodie Lee stuff. It was kind of like just the, it was just just the way it was pieced together, and it was you know the whole COVID era, and you know it, it's just making you like reflect on everything that gone by, and then and then you hear hear him say that and you're just like oh fuck like you just really kind of like just pop the bubble at the end of it and mm. like you say if, if it's in isolation fair enough but i mean he's called kenny like you know on dynamite earlier this year he's called kenny the wwe champion he called full, full gear fully loaded and things is he seems like he's dropping one every every month or every every other month and it's to the point where i'm almost thinking like is he actively trying to sabotage it or something he's <laughs> Is he like Agent Jim Ross or something like that, or is, <laughs> you, 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 know, is there, you know is there some some you know reason for that you know reason for this beyond the uh, beyond the obvious? But like like he's like let's say he's, he's adding not, nothing to the program and then he's is ruining situations and putting um putting a microscope on him in situations for people looking at his fuck ups more than positive things that are maybe happening at a certain point in the show in a particular match or, you know, from a particular promo or video package or something like that. And, yeah, God, he can't have – surely he can't have, can have long, um, long behind the mic when he's uh, keeping this thing up. And, and especially like you say, when there's other talent that they've got there who, who are, um, you know, doing commentary – but then, who are doing it on other shows and other people that they're bringing in and things like that? There's more voices in the company now. They can be spreading it around, and mm. yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it's 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 yes, I mean, he hasn't been good for years, but this is this is becoming a, a bit of a sad end to his uh, commentary career for me.
2: The thing is, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier on Benno, when you said there's a there's a role for him. It's doing the backstage interviews. It's maybe coming out to call the one big main event match, you know, things like that. It's working backstage about how to kind of organize like a talent roster, things like that. Really valuable things that he can help in there. But the, the thing that I often get from it is like, I kind of expect the flubs. There's just this kind of attitude with a lot of it now. Yeah. And it's really combative. And it's just fucking tiresome mm. is where I, I am with it. So I hear Shavoni, I hear Excalibur. They sound like they're enjoying it. Jim Ross, he's just waiting for me to get pissed off about something at times. Mm. And I often wonder, is it someone who it feels like, look, he's retiring in a year. All right. So we just hang on. He'll be retiring. Move it through. They've got people like Paul White who are on a YouTube show. I'm not saying like Paul White's the greatest commentator in the world or anything else along those lines, but you kind of think of like, what is Jim Ross's role? Cause he's not the lead announcer. That's really kind of Excalibur. And Shivani's much more knowledgeable about the AEW roster and the storylines and other things like that. You tend to think that JR, like I thought for a while, like, Oh, he seems like he's doing a bit better, but the study isn't there. There's a lot of reverting back to, They fight for money. You get more money up on the car. And it's like, yeah, Jim, there are storylines that are kind of meant to be told here. This is kind of Mm. just like quite generic stuff that you're talking about. There's there's the kind of research into the background, particularly of those younger wrestlers who need someone like Jim, like a Jim Ross putting them over on a TV program would really mean something for them. But yeah, it just makes me wonder, are we going to find a situation where his role will end up changing? in the next year and it'll be a case of it's easier to do that and position him into that than some big incident where you're letting a veteran announcer go and what other you know grief or blowback they get for that that might be an easier option out of it
1: um speaking of commentary by the way and it goes into to next week next week you've got a mjf versus uh, chris jericho face to face uh I assume, mm. yeah, we're getting a match between them two at all else. This feud's been done quite backwards, but okay, whatever. Um, what do we make of Jericho on commentary? Um, I thought he was a little bit more reserved than before, but yeah. I don't know. He, he, the shouty way he does commentary, it's not for me. Like I, I could I could do without him. Um, but he was definitely less in the way than he's maybe been in uh, in some Dynamites in the past, I would say.
2: Well, he'll be doing it in the future probably,
1: won't he? At <laughs> some point he you could see him... Before. He's another yeah, one tradition. Tony Khan won't ever say no to. <laughs> this is no. uh,
2: there is an issue there,
1: um, but yeah. I, any thoughts I, on that or the or the build to the match with MJF?
2: Uh, not really. It's another one of these talking segments that I could just sort of do without that they're going to be having this week. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is him as a face commentator coming out, they'll get to sing Judas. Hopefully that replaces that Oklahoma fucking marching band <laughs> stuff because that's frankly what it is. They all get to sing the song and he goes up there to the commentary booth. So <laughs> it it it's fine for what it is. Mm. Like, and I'm kind of used to it by now. And he is good at. Str- he doesn't sound like he's ever burying talent, which is an unfortunate thing that Ross can sound like what he's doing, mm. like at times. At least I think with Jericho that he's he's a little more bit more sort of. Quick on the uptake and he will he'll always have a kind of a good a few nice lines in there. So I, I generally find him kind of fine. I've heard a lot worse.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think for for me he was it was it was fine. He was more tolerable during the majority of this show than than he was I mm. don't know, was it like a month or two ago where the, mm. he he was oh god he was making me his bleeder points on, on, on that one. But I think something he really he really added to that MJF Sammy Guevara match. I thought. I thought he was he was properly on his game in that match, and, and obviously it was something that directly involved him as well. You know, so uh, again, he was going to be he, he was going to be turning up for for that one. But I, I just thought he he, he really, um, as he talked through you know the negative MJF elements during the match and the positive Sammy Guevara ones, but while still putting MJF over has been good and credible and etc mm. I, I thought i thought he was he, he, he was perfect on that and um he, he, he really seemed like he turned the dial on that but yeah i mean i'd still i'd still take him over jim ross 10 times out of 10 if you're adding somebody else to the booth to replace ross
2: can i just uh, say his fall to the floor was a bit weird <laughs> i think it was when ward low threw him down there. it was like he's taking a big fall he's basically gone down two steps like, yeah. and he just sort of landed gingerly on his legs. It was just very weird. But...
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure about Jericho and trainers either. It doesn't. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it goes with the Jericho look for me. <laughs>
1: but Depends that's on the trainer, <laughs> But yeah, obviously that angle is happening this week. Uh, something that's not happening this week, actually, yeah. But I had it on my list, but it's not happening anymore. Um Darby Allen and Ethan Page. Um, the coffee match was mm. supposed to be this week, but apparently ticket sales aren't great, so they've uh, they've moved it along. Um I would say, to be fair, Ethan Page did a good job covering for it in his promo. Um tell you mm. what, that's the Ethan pa- that's Ethan Page. Like the Ethan Page that debuted in AEW, I don't know who that was. Like, you know, he was a faceless person in a multi man, then he couple cut a couple of terrible backstage promos. Uh, i wasn't a fan of the scorpio sky duo um, i still think long term he's a he's a he's a solo heel um, he's someone who's uh, going to be relatively high up on the club or this promo and some of the other work he's done with darby allen i think has gone a long way to, to let people know you know how good he is and darby allen was someone who was talked in darby allen sorry ethan page was i'm fully jr today ethan page is uh, <laughs> is someone who was talked in in circles with mjf you know as being like one of the best promos on the indies and i think we got we got to see a little bit more of that even if maybe we have to
0: wait a bit longer for the match now for uh, apparently it's fighter fest that's taken place now and it's just such classic e- heel e- classic easy heel stuff to do isn't it you know it's like you know i want it in the contract you can't touch me for seven days before the match you know like mm. it's just such chicken shit shithousery of you know basic old school heel work uh, you know give it Give us a reason to dislike a heel, and like, do, you know, do it in a very straightforward, simple way. Just you know, you know, it's not hard. It doesn't have to, you know. It, but but it's it's obviously something on WWE that you know people are just suddenly you know randomly flop for bin. A heel or a face, one week next, with, with with no justifiable reason for this. This is just using a real simple mechanic to just, to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, ter- turn up the 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 heat on on Ethan Page and for him there with his like good smoke facials and all that that he that he does as well that goes with it as part of the act. Like I, th- I think he's really done a great job in the last three weeks of just. Like you say, Ben, just that personality just coming out a bit more and standing out more than than, than it did on his introduction, and just that natural heel charisma that he does have, and that na- natural dislikeability that he has about him. You know, again, this is just a, a nice, easy way just for the for the TV audience to 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 want to see him get beat by darby a, a, a bit more, and you know, anything like that's always always going to be a positive in my book.
2: And it was too much. I think to be thrown in there. I'm glad they've moved this back a, a, a little bit as well. It just feels like one of the problems we had. And I think we mentioned it last time. Is at times with Dynamite, they're mentioning all of these shows, and you're like, Christ, I can't keep up. Mm. So like in some ways, that just not being on next week, I'm like, I'm quite grateful for that. Adds a bit more confusion, but yeah, you know,
1: end result is probably better off. Um, mm. But yeah, elsewhere on this Road Rage show, uh, set up on this week's Dynamite with the with their win, uh, Eddie Kingston and uh, and Penta El Zero Miedo against uh, the mm. Young Bucks. Uh, that was a fun little tag, wasn't it? Um, on Dynamite, I like I don't That's like don't like seeing my by, by tag champions League lose too often. But nice way to set up title matches is Nice and mm. nice and easy, Kingston. You know, back with his best friend Penta. I'd still rather see him hanging around with Moxley, but. Yeah, you know, not not a bad thing for him to do right now. Not a bad thing for Penta to do while uh, while Phoenix is injured and Pach is uh, is a um, Should be another banger this week.
2: Yeah, this worked great. It's a great Bucks opener. It's what they do. It's what they do best. Um, I'm enjoying this kind of dick, dickish heel Bucks act. To be honest, I'm mean, I'm enjoying. Um, uh, Nick Jackson in particular, for some reason, just I think he's, he's somewhat of a revelation with the facial hair. It's so weird. Like, that's all he seems to have kind of really done because, I mean, it's, it takes away... And it's it's the ridiculous hats and everything else, the, the whole ridiculous nature of the get-up. Mm. But I, re- I really enjoyed this. Um, I think AEW use non-title matches as well as anybody does because mm. they have quite a few of these, and quite often the contenders will lose as if to say, no, you're not ready for this. I had like Matt Seidel, they had a little mini storyline with him and Kenny Omega that built over a couple of matches and he never got the title shot. So I think they it's not like WWE where they signal, oh yeah, the champions are losing here. And then it makes them look weak. And that, that complaint that you mentioned uh, uh, just a minute ago, Benno, it, it kind of completely plays into that. Whereas for this, I expect the Bucks to retain. But it also... Is again, and I love this. It's just putting Eddie Kingston in and around that top upper mid card face, who just plays so well into whether you put him into a tag, you put him into a single story. It's great. Um, what I would say about this match as well is the the bit where the crowd were convinced it was a three early on. I think that really added something. Like mm-hmm. I think that that element of it's like if you go to a football game. And it's just a decision that's given against your team, and you go right. That's it. Now up for this, And you just start going into it. That's how it felt like with the crowd. I think that really added added something to it.
0: Definitely, yeah. I, I, I felt the crowd were were so good on this. Like, I, I think just with this match starting the show, it was such a great choice to start this last show at, D- at Daly's place. Just just putting these four out there in the first instance, and mm. like it just adds, I don't know. It just had this kind of I don't know, maybe across the whole show, even just like this farewell party feel or something like that to the show. There was this, just this this vibe, this upbeat nature in the, in, in, in the crowd that everyone was like fucking up for it. And then, you know, coming out and just starting with a match like this, it was... You know, like you say, just like a really, really fun match and just real like fast paced. I'm like JP. I'm loving the books at the minute. Like I've never been a, I've never been a young books fan, particularly. You know, they've, you know, I know they've put on like good matches that that I've enjoyed, but they've never been somebody that I've bought into particularly. But the whole dickishness of everything that they're doing at the minute and just adding something else every single week that is just giving you another reason to go like look at these knobheads look at these bellends kind of you know and just just make them more heelish and make them less and less likeable on a weekly basis like when when they came out with them tashes I was just like you fucking dicks like it just it just really you know it was just just that extra something that just really like resonated with me and yeah the match itself you know great stuff like uh, JP says, there, just Kingston getting, you know, getting something to tide him over and keep him in, mm. in a higher level, you know, program. For this point, they're going to go out and they're going to have a, you know, another good match for the for the belts again. Don't expect them to to win them, but um, I, I think it's uh, I think what a what a great way is to just just start this show off and just really, again, I think everybody involved in this segment probably just came away from it just just again just that. One notch extra positive about them at the at the end of this particular match as well, which was which was great.
1: Um, elsewhere then on this. Uh on the show coming up uh, it is a month of uh, of busy busy month of AEW so you know mm. they can't can't give you of him, but I do, I still do think there's uh, the strong matches on this card Code Rhodes QT Marshall I uh, <laughs> see there is another Road Rage match Wait, like, that's not one of the strong matches I mentioned um apparently that's still a feud uh, apparently that's still going um ADH, Yeah and Andy Gogos
2: had an eye surgery as well isn't he he's mm.
1: Maybe there was supposed to be yeah. something with him here instead and they've gone...
2: I'm worried about him. We've, we've and, gone backwards. Or not he, yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm just worried from a medical perspective. I think that the eye stuff seems like it's, mm. it, it's putting a lot of risk with that. Mm. Mm. He's a yeah. young man.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's a weird thing, isn't it? From a KFA point of view, you can't box, but you can wrestle. Mm. Uh, but then again, we've had a lot of uh, injured American footballers in uh, in wrestling history, haven't we? Which have been fine. Yeah,
0: true. Uh, yeah.
1: Any interest in this, Cody? Jake,
0: Jake, the Jake, Jake, the Snake was all right with that hood on his head at WrestleMania Seven. Yeah. You know, so it can be done. <laughs> can be done. There you go. Right match. Uh,
1: don't give Cody <laughs> any ideas. He'll get himself. But he'll, he'll end up booking that himself. Yeah. Uh, another oh. blindfold match. You know, he'd love it. Um, yeah, that's on the show. Don't... The Don't old think... man
0: would have loved it.
1: Oh. <laughs> hey, we've also it's got a strap match.
0: It's a, it's a strap match as well, isn't it? You mm. know, so um... of course
1: it is. Give it for
0: the sake. <laughs> it's, of got, it. it's got to have something, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, of course. It's cozy, isn't it? he's, got to, he's got to take some kind of uh, yeah. Nod to the past, or some kind of gimmick, uh, when he bothers his ass to turn up to dynamite every few weeks. You see, he had his uh, he had a birthday party after dynamite as well. They uh, they got a cake out for him and stuff. Amazing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it. Um, yeah, that's on the show. Uh, Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager with Conan. Um, Conan fits two of those men, and maybe not one of the others, uh, against Wardlow and FTR. As we continue to build to, to that particular tag match, uh, that should be a lot of fun, despite the fact that uh, that Jake Hager's in there. Um, yeah gives more credence though to the fact i saw that graphic and i saw that promo backstage which is another very good promo on, on last week's show um santana can fucking talk um but yeah th- those yeah. uh th- those lads don't need jake hager with them those i mean i i i'm i'm gonna start a conspiracy theory that inner circle was supposed to split up at that last pay-per-view because like those t- santana and ortiz with conan just do that we don't need we don't we don't need jk you can go away you know that doesn't need to happen sammy can go be a great baby face jericho can can drift off into the sun um i don't need this combo anymore but uh, we're still going to get a fun six man out of it
2: and yeah you bet the those lads are going to have their working boots on yeah it's, it's going to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah, again, it's w- when you think about are they going to be able to hold off on that match till all out, because mm. that's really what you want to kind of do for that. And I'm not convinced they are. Mm. But um, yeah, it, it's, it, you know, having Conan back around is always something that I'm going to get on board with. I don't Very think nice. I can't. Yeah, I, can, I can't ever let him go. And I will listen to his podcast one day before he misses <laughs> me again for about the fourth time. Um <laughs> Always an enjoyable message when you get that through. You know you made to my podcast. it. Ah, uh, he's just like ah, uh, yeah. There's like no, but I will do, big man. No, really <laughs> like that's as much you're going to get from him. But yeah, this is a feud that we were talking about last week, and, mm. and I'm happy to see it continuing because it gives both of these teams like a degree of focus. And that Santana single star stuff, uh, you can see it kind of coming. You can mm. see it happening. That'll be down the line. Hundred yep. um. percent.
1: Speaking of Hispanic single stars, Andrade versus Matt Sydal, you know, with that fantastic sag- segment on uh, Dynamite the week before last, where uh, Andrade got interrupted by the uh, Sydal brothers. I don't know what's going on here with this. I don't know if it's a it's a rib because Andrade apparently wanted there was a story going around that he wanted creative control when he came into AEW or something. Like I, I saw that reported somewhere. Um, I don't know. That's the only information I can come up with for how badly he's been handled. Vicky Guerrero, I'm certain, will be at his side. Um, fresh of her fantastic appearance on Dynamite this last week because we didn't just need Vicky Guerrero you know crowding Andrade making him the the, the most uncool man in the world stood there with his ma Um, she decided to get in the ring well she didn't but they decided to put her in the ring and have her wrestle as well um, yeah, my main interest yep. is whether we get a payoff to this story, and you know the the rumor is Tommy End is coming in. Um, clearly, he is not coming in with a uh, with uh, Thea Trinidad um, after she did a, a 180 and appeared on uh, SmackDown. Was it this past weekend? Oh um, uh, well, what she's the Money in the Bank ladder match. has got it wrong. Daytreat's got it wrong, mate. Uh, yeah, Every, uh, all those Daytreats who, who, who reported that story accurately, Sean Ross Sapp who reported that she was at the performance centre a couple of months ago, got it wrong, mate. All got it wrong. Um, anywho, uh, she's not coming in. Uh, so she's not going to be the savior, um, but yeah, I would, I would like to uh, to move
0: on with that story uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's one where, you know, again, another example of these slow starts we've talked about it with different people in, in, in AW, it not quite being right from from day one. Whether it's your, mm. whether it's your Ethan Page, whether it's your Miro, you know, mm. there's you know probably if I wrap my brains, there's a few more examples of. of, of you know, week one to four, not necessarily been what you want it to be, but they soon find the way. And, you know, it feels mm-hmm. like most people, it does positively, you know, turn in the right direction. And yeah, hopefully this is the the start of it with getting him in the ring. And as we've seen with Matt Seidel over, you know, the, the last, or oh, this year, when he's been put in there, he's been put in there to work. You know, he's almost been put in there as a very safe, capable pair of hands to, mm-hmm. you know, get some of these uh, bigger names over. He's done it with Christian. He's done it with Kenny Omega as well, and you know, put on decent matches on TV. And and again, it's as a starting opponent for this. It's going to be someone who's going to put on a half decent. You know, match make Andrade look good, and um, you know, hopefully, yeah, like I say, been 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 first steps really onto him going onto a positive uh, positive path with 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 AEW. But um, again, it's it's not one of those where I'm uh, I'm desperate desperate to watch the match. I'm more desperate to see the direction really and see 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 what happens and goes with it.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, with you on that. Although it wouldn't be funny if um, they just brought in Tommy N to fill uh Thea Trinidad's role as Andrade manager. <laughs> Just like some weird idea of that. That would make me laugh. It'd be weird, unexpected, and a complete waste of money across the board. <laughs> what which is why there? when you mention like, <laughs> I want him to wear her stuff. I, I want <laughs> I want this to be exactly him impersonating his wife. Proper head fuck angle this one, Ben. It could work. Uh, oh, Got blank. a touch of the David Lynch's about it. Oh. <laughs> what a gang of marks that family is. Uh, anyway, they really are, aren't they? I uh,
1: don't uh, the other other match on, on the show, Orange Cassidy Chris Satlands against the Blade and the Bunny uh, in a mixed tag match. I think that rounds up that show. It's uh, it's interesting. Road Rages Road Rages this week. Then we got two mm-hmm. weeks of Fighter Fest. Then we got Fight for the Fallen. Then after the emotional, we just saying about getting get teary eyed at that emotional video, saying bye to Daily's Place. They're back in Daily's Place um, in less than a month on yeah. August. 9th, but, you know, <laughs> okay, wrestling's like, gonna wrestle.
2: It did a Mick Foley retirement, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the Dailies Place did, which I've never seen an arena do that kind of
1: thing. Before. <laughs> but it's kind of cool because we, <laughs> we, you know, we we go from that into you know we've got a, we got mm-hmm. we got you know Dynamite Dynamite and, and Rampage uh, every week from then on. Uh, I think they, they've clearly stacked this little period, haven't they? To so have like big name Dynamites mm-hmm. for the next few weeks, get that rating up. You know, we didn't talk about that the rating mm-hmm. this week in the uh, the eight hundred thousands range. And um, we got yeah. that. We've then got a got a couple of uh, those weeks of uh, of theme shows. Then we've got Dynamite and Rampage, and then before you know it, we're an all out weekend. Um, you know, they've saved,
0: on, they've held on to a lot of stuff. But
1: yeah, it feels like the uh, the good times are coming with AEW right now.
0: Definitely, it was good to see that rating bounce back as well. Oh. it was great to see that rating. Um, bounce back as well because having you know obviously just like flitted about on the Friday and the Saturday and the rating falling like a fair bit and things that you know things like that just seeing it come back to, the, to that level was you know really you know really positive um Because, again, I had concerns. I was thinking how many people have kind of, you know, this this period of it moving away might have just, you know, tuned some people off to watching live and and, and things. But then, obviously, with with this show, it coming back, it bouncing back well, and then with big shows to come that they're, you know, branding up in a certain way and putting big matches on them and things, you know, hopefully... We get another another good result this week, and um, from a ratings point of view, and yeah, things just start to get back to where they were, sort of six to eight weeks ago. You know, when it was when NXT first moved away, and we were we were over the, the million pound million pound million uh, million person, people watching it um, at that at
2: that point. Yeah, seems well built to do that, doesn't it, JP? Uh yeah, yeah, it it, it does, and I'm, I'm just. I'm glad that they're going to get that bit more of a focus back. But I get why that focus had kind of gone off with all those preemptions and and everything else. But at least kind of like it feels like there's a few more things getting back on track. I expect a kind of few surprises as well, because it's it's going to be a question of are they going to bring in, you know. I kind of look at, so you mentioned it earlier on with like the Tommy End stuff. Like, how are they bringing him in? like what what is the how is he going to fit into the mix as as well with with so much other things there but it's my god it's it's you know you mentioned there about like the kind of emotional thing i was just so like one of the things i loved about aw was you just thinking, my god i really relied on this show mm. kind of as like a fun thing to do where it was a couple of hours of switch off even if it was in a georgia warehouse at various other points as they bring in a wild variety of people but Yeah, they're they're getting it back on. They're getting, you know, hopefully get these storylines in place. You know, let's have a good few weeks of TV. I mean, Fighter Fest, though, that's a name that needs to be fucking retired.
1: (laughs) No, that wasn't relevant when they did it the first time, was it? Never
2: mind bringing it back. It really wasn't. (laughs) You don't see the meme of that bloke anymore, do you? (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh uh, yeah,
1: that's uh, AEW. Once they got an idea, they do stick it through, uh, and that can be a positive and a negative, uh, as we've seen, uh, mm. in talking about some of those uh, those debuts. Just there, but yeah, positive uh, period come up with uh, with AEW, and yeah, I think that brings us to the end of our AEW chat and the uh, the end of the episode. Uh, relatively short one by our standards, you know. I'm not even going to go over the two hour fifteen yeah. minute mark. We've uh, <laughs> we've done well with uh We're not much to talk about this week, lads. So, yeah. Anything else you want to mention before we go?
2: There really isn't. There was a stardom main event, but an injury happened after 10 minutes. So mm. they kind of felt like there wasn't even that for me to go into. And I haven't seen the rest of the stardom card yet. Um, I've not watched any. Uh, it's just been such a dare, like such a real like lull of actual wrestling shows that isn't like television wrestling. Like there's a mm. relatively few of those going around GCW kind of doing the touring stuff, but Yeah, Um, are we all picking up next weekend? We've got a big ring of honour pay-per-view, so like, get in. Good times are coming back. Wrestling's coming home, lads. To Baltimore, in front of about 400 people because they haven't (laughs) sold out the 700-ticket allocation.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I dare I ask, I don't know if I can ask for plugs after uh, this show we've done uh, today, Gareth, but plugs,
0: anything we've got to mention. Uh, did we mention there's an app?
1: Um, <laughs> we a couple times you know. You can
0: yeah, yeah. You can write matches on what it What is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's- Brian. <laughs> There's another uh, title uh, suggestion. There you go. Grapple. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> Throw that in. Uh, brilliant. Well, yeah. Again, uh, no. This is a slightly late one uh, this week, but I appreciate uh, everyone, uh, everyone tuning in live, and uh, yeah, everyone being a patient for the podcast version. But yeah, we should be back on a on a normal schedule. There'll be a vote coming out uh, later this week for patrons uh, to vote on their choice for for this week's uh, deep cut. Um, also, yeah, weekend show back. Yeah, previewing that massive, massive Ring of Honor show coming up this weekend as you mentioned. Aussie
2: Grap Show this week as Aussie well. Aussie
1: Grapp Show as well. JP was, uh, was yeah. teasing as Special, well. I'm hoping to, to
2: record with uh, with uh, Kevin Chiat this week from Voice of Wrestling. So, really looking forward to that there you go if we thought we were giving you a break we
1: weren't and I'll throw in a plug as well obviously I'm on uh, BWE this week which you'll be able to uh, check out uh, uh, Thursday uh, with me uh, Andy Ogden and, and Martin uh, for our sins talking uh, everything going on in Bret Res and week after um, I'll be uh, joining, uh, joining Martin for his uh, his live 12 hour uh, charity stream I, I heard someone was doing a 12 hour podcast and I was like fuck it I'll join in why not um, <laughs> i got nothing else to do yet. it's like two spotlights you know might as well do um, it. give give. My, give my Martin of hand um but obviously yeah you lads are, are going to be on there uh on uh on the uh the grapple end too we're going to be uh closing things uh on that so uh so, so no pleasure lads you know um but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get through but yeah go to uh, it might lads. end up in a
0: 40-hour podcast then
1: <laughs> i was gonna say if martin thinks he's finishing at midnight with us on the uh the last hour he's got a he's got a thing started on. mate hey uh, slammerversary is on is it slammerversary that night the, the impact show with uh, with kenny and um Sammy Callahan, that's that. Bit, that's that night. There you go. Great lead into that. You know, we'll we'll keep everyone going through the night. Um, Get in.
2: <laughs> to live. Look watch along. Stay afterwards. <laughs>
1: that's it. Turn it into a grand. Hour. <laughs> but yep, that's the uh, the end of my plugs, and yep, that's the uh, the end of the show for another week. We will see everybody next week. Cheers, up
2: Bye. See ya. Bye. Let's oh. go!